0: Do, do, bum, do, bum, 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 bum.
1: that we normally do uh, I, I only had the four butthole jokes or the four butthole questions um, anyone know any good butthole trivia I'm, I'm just gonna do some jellical cat ASMR I really hate this, <laughs> <laughs> really, really hate this. Um, anyone got some good cat stories Um, there was that time that Lou pissed on all of our book bags
2: oh no it was just yours <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, it, was you know, it was specifically your mm-hmm. book bag, and then after you moved out, and my other, and my new roommate moved in, uh, she she peed in his book bag too. <laughs> it's just, huh? She amazingly hasn't done it to Becca.
1: So it's got a thing then, huh?
2: Uh, just dudes' backpacks apparently.
1: <laughs> That's fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, welcome to Drazzle, uh, the podcast that <laughs> takes award-winning worst films and fixes them. I'm host Jack Colbertson and here along with me as always is also host Joe Neelis. Um We are doing for the first time a part two.
2: Uh, Wait, I get to be on the first two part. You're, you're on the first. This part is the two. first two parter. Yeah. yeah, we've never had to do this before. Um, Fuck you guys. I think we. Yeah. Had, I think we had we had talked about maybe doing it for Battlefield Earth. Yeah, because it was a long episode. It was a long episode, but we were able to trim it down well enough to fit into yeah. our, the time frame we desired. Like
1: nobody wanted like an extended Lord of the Rings cut version of Cats, <laughs> so we're splitting it in two. <laughs> Uh, all the movies on Dara's Old One, Worst Picture, at the Razzie's the Year they were released. The Razzie's, for those of you who don't know, are something of reverse Oscars. They recognize the worst films of the year. Um, once again, we're dealing with cats.
2: We're continuing to we're continuing. deal
1: with cats. Oh, doggy. Uh So, <laughs> if you... <laughs> I'm sober. Um, <laughs> I'm unfortunately sober. So if if you're listening to this before you listen to the first part, I'm I'm confused, why? and I'd like to know
2: what why. I need. I'm gonna send you a survey to fill out so we can better understand um,
1: you. Get a hold of us. We're on uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, let us know why
2: you would know where on Instagram and Facebook if you listened to the last episode. <laughs> uh,
1: but for those of you who just need a refresher, we talk about cats. Cats. It was a musical, and the, the it sings about. Cats, it's about cats. <laughs> it's it's all cats. Um there there the porn community had a response that was positive. No, largely no, negative. Largely the, negative. The porn the porn. No, m- largely
2: ma- negative.
3: Uh, so I should say largely indifferent. Oh, there we except go. Except for Taylor Swift.
1: Oh uh. uh. No. Again, um,
3: like the worst possible answer was celebrity fakes. Mm, and that's it. the only thing that got uh, any the trash. The, the fur
1: community also had a response that deeply was negative. Deeply, deeply negative. Deeply negative, yeah. Um but the children of the macro is with positive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't put those things next to each other.
1: <laughs> you're you're right. Uh, I'm the pervert here. So we are now in what would normally be act three. And we still are. It's just going to be a real big one. Um, and in, in, in act three, what we do is uh, we talk about what worked for the film and what didn't work. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is talk about the cast. So. In the movie Cats, who works Vince? I mean, oh shit! I didn't introduce. You. Hey, this is Vince. He's he's our victim.
3: Yeah. Who who are the two people that are on this? Right. Yeah. It's
1: <laughs> we just have very we're very good at voice work. Joe and I. Um, we we're doing It's just music. been Jack and um, I in
2: a room the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Secret ventriloquists. Uh,
1: <laughs> so so uh, again, once again, uh, guessing we have special expert Rob Hockberry, uh, and then. Uh, sap victim. uh, (laughs) Vince Stefano. I'm sorry, Vince. Vince, who worked for you?
3: Uh, It's really hard for me to say that Ian McKellen doesn't work in anything.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he worked for me too. Yeah,
3: I I think that uh, he he brought a weird ignoble and also noble gravitas to Mm. just being a cat a theater like so he he was both like old timey theater guy whose glory days are behind him and also cat that rubs his face on stuff Yeah, um, and he like <laughs> went hard on both of them with a plum yeah um uh it's yeah it's hard for me to say no to him i also weirdly uh what's narrator cat's name again Rob? trap mongus mm-hmm. is that m o n g m u n it's all it's U-N-G. all
2: use yeah it's a lot of use
3: Mungus um, uh, he also kind of worked for me after, as you said last time, creepy guy in the corner of a party, right? He started off that way and then quickly became like, oh no, he makes me feel a tiny bit safe Right. He's, for yeah. the rest of this movie. He's yeah.
1: the, the narrator, but he's also like the leader of the group who guides you through this
2: world. The face of the Jellicle cats. Yes.
3: Yeah. Uh, as Cat face, I think he did <laughs> a really good job <laughs> of uh, Sherpa-ing me through the shadow of the Valley of Death. <laughs>
1: who, who worked for you?
4: It's, it's hard to say. There, there's th- obviously, Ian McKellen does really nice with his part. Um, there are a lot of like what we would call the no-names that I think do well with where they were told to take the character. Like I hate what they did with Horny Mistoffelees. <laughs> but I feel yeah. like the actor really committed to it and did well with what he was told to do.
1: I also have him, uh, Laurie Davison.
4: Yeah, like, I, I thought, you know, I, Mungo Jerry and are Teaser, same thing. I thought that mm-hmm. fucking siblings was weird, but yeah. they committed to what the director gave them.
3: So you also read that scene the same way? Yeah. All right, cool. How um, can you
2: not?
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a weird threesome.
4: Okay, yeah. It is. And then there's things like, if I listen uh, to Jennifer Hudson's performance I think it's mm-hmm. brilliant and breathtaking and amazing She's but then I see CGI incredible... snot and
2: mm-hmm. yeah they
4: just they made some really like she was sabotaged by what they did around
2: her voice her. is amazing though. I, I don't she think does. there's a
1: single actor in this that wasn't sabotaged by the production itself like even though I liked E. McKellen mm-hmm. he's held back by one the narrative that he's given and two the world he exists in but yep. him as a performer loved it yeah um, same thing with Laurie Davison. Uh, he, he, uh, uh, specifically had something really hard on candy Valley for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it was about like white fur on his like pale ass face.
3: It was his hands. I figured his his this were out. Were once... too. Yeah. yeah. His hands were, so he's black and white cat, mm-hmm. really hard colors on his face, pink fleshy human hands. Yes. Right.
1: They I didn't change like... it for some fucking reason. Doesn't he have like kind of pink fleshy lips too? I vaguely
2: remember that. Yeah. No, um, I just want someone to go back in and like Photoshop in, just like like hairy knuckles and like <laughs> and, like a bunch of rings. <laughs> but
4: because he's a magic cat, they're trying to draw attention.
2: Oh, uh, that's it. Well, they did. I uh, get
3: it, but it also now looks like a cat with human yes. hands.
4: Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> um,
3: a hard agree on Jennifer Hudson. By the way, um, yeah. she actually both times I've watched it, um, not the first two, but the third. Time she sings it, I feel something yeah. other than horror, which is amazing. Yes. <laughs>
4: yes. And like, I, I don't mind Francesca, whatever, who's playing Victoria the White Cat. Just, She's uh, doing yeah. a very good impersonation of Emmy Rosamond, fan of the opera, which is gay's face.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, but, all, it's all gay's face. It's
4: all, but that's also like the character. Yeah. Yeah. Because they created something that wasn't really there. Yeah. yeah. And like, like, I love Cassandra in the stage show. She's the um, Siamese cat the one that's off by herself with the slightly darker lines, and all she is is a raging bitch in the movie, and like...
3: Is she the one that, like, walks up to people and hisses, and that's all she does? Okay, I know who Mm -hmm. we're talking about.
1: I just referred to her as, like, Diva Cat throughout the summary, because I didn't know who that was.
4: And, I mean, I'm I'm part Swifty, but we're not gonna discuss that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to talk about Rule 34 for the rest of this episode, too? (laughs)
4: She's just... She's the only person I know as a performer who I'm like, I really enjoy watching them in concert. There's uh-huh. energy. And it just has never translated to anything I've seen her in film with.
1: Which is hmm. weird because like the movie almost stops when she appears. Uh-huh. We get a music a t- a Taylor Swift music video. Yeah. Then it's done. Yeah, and it's- we continue with the movie. And it, yeah. they
4: totally, it's annoying as fuck that they did this. They totally, because they only had her for a week.
1: Uh-huh.
4: Yep. Virtually every move she does as bomb ballerina is from a Taylor Swift video. Like they oh, recreated okay. stuff she already knew. Be- uh, she's an amazing dancer. When she has time to learn it, she probably sure. didn't. So they picked all of basically her that moves to stick in there and cut two thirds of the character from the show. Wow! Like Mom Arena is in the whole show. She has multiple stuff to do yeah. without. She's part of the the trios earlier. Like she mm-hmm. and they. She was cut in it on the threesome there. as well. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> all Force they did them. is made her. <laughs> Tom's like, "Be high, Taylor." And of course, Taylor's too sweet to ever have been high. Right. So yeah. she doesn't know what it's like. So this high pseudo-sex kitten that's a virgin yeah.
1: thing comes
3: across. It was,
1: it was a lot of weird flavors. Um,
3: yeah. Rob, you're the only thing that gives any substance to this podcast. <laughs> you're hired. <laughs>
1: I just shout prevert. <laughs> Joe laughs at it. That's about it. I'm very yeah. easily
2: amused. <laughs> I'm here for the boring parts of the conversation.
1: Yeah. Um, is there anybody that you felt
2: um I mean we talked about in the first episode just like um how much we like weirdly enjoyed growl tiger <laughs> for, <a reason. laughs> for
1: like 30 seconds on screen yeah, yeah.
2: um a quick pans room and yeah. <laughs> quick Carl pans room <laughs> uh, good Lord uh honestly I think that might might wrap it up for everyone that kind of works yeah
3: I'm going to say Dame Judi Dench had some moments that felt really awkward. That, like when she, like, yeah. she's sitting on the couch and she lifts her leg. Yeah. That huh. clang super we'll hard. It. We'll get to the it. The
4: catasthenics moment was just yeah. awful.
3: <laughs> but then there are a bunch of moments where it's like I, you know, f- actually felt drawn to like
2: this queenish character. Um, so like s-
3: half a Dame Judi
2: Dench. Yeah, there are aspects of her in that role that do work, and I think that is largely the gravitas around her. Sure. Uh,
1: like if I didn't know her from other films, I would not have enjoyed her performance. Yeah. Um, and I and I really didn't like I because I have seen her in her stuff. I'm like, you can do way better. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, she was given
2: turds to work with, so. I mean, that, was, that might be an insult to turds. <laughs> Sorry, turds. <laughs> but also, <laughs> um, like
4: they. There's an inconsistency to her Deuteronomy because they added layers to the character that aren't there in the stage show. Like he's just this nice, beloved, uber cat in yeah. the movie, uh, I mean in the stage show. And in the movie, there are times when she's like a female dog, like she gets snippy and really catty at different points that don't really fit who the character is for the rest of the movie. Cat Yahweh.
1: The <laughs> the vibe I got from the show from Yahweh. Deuteronomy was very. Uh, was kind of like Father Christmasy, yes. kind of. Um... That's
4: exactly Father yeah, Christmasy getting you know, ready that. to style, star in where the wild things are, the musical. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, like everyone loves him. He's big and jolly. Like,
4: yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. he shoots a cat into space. And
1: sometimes he eats a cat into space. He offers
4: a hand to gently put her on a used tire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> did you guys not uh, care for Rum Tum Tugger? I, I didn't mind him.
2: I actually, you know, I will say Jason Derulo, and uh, uh, he he. He didn't clang for me. Mm-hmm. I'll say that much. Except what about milk? Well, that, I mean. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean.
1: Dude, really like milk. <laughs> He's got strong bones. He has really. uh, a vitamin D
2: deficiency. I <laughs>
1: just don't like the character in general, but I think he played the character well as written.
2: He brought a good swagger to the character i think but he's up for butt stuff he's up for butt (laughs) stuff
4: (laughs) which is always wonderful to do butt stuff however (laughs) the problem is he sucks at all of his non-featured moments Ah. Uh, anytime he's in a background shot or he has like a one line here or there he's totally he phoned it in
2: Hmm. probably did they
4: filmed him on his phone because it was better than what they had to work with the raw (laughs) material
2: jesus
1: there was the scene where the the awful scene where Bustopher Jones is getting CGI champagne from Target oh yeah and that like this feels weird in
3: that every possible me. way every yeah. time like both times I watched it I had to recoil at the
2: so
4: <laughs> glug glug sing glug glug
3: uh, sing. I forgot about that uh-huh.
2: remember I, when I said I think I, I said, repressed that
4: <laughs> and he mentioned it in the earlier so <laughs> uh,
1: in the in the first part I mentioned that the soundtrack cuts out 99% of the shit yeah they kept the glug glug
2: No, that's the one percent that's the one percent <laughs> yeah fuck
1: <laughs> that's not that's not the that's show, a right? bad
4: sign when your soundtrack for a musical has to be re-recorded for release as a commercial <sighs> album like even as shitty as mamma mia is yeah. they didn't record re-record it for release i
1: hate it um god so the, the way we normally use a do cast story themes production i do have one
3: other additional cast sure. thing uh my wife picked up on a fact that horrified me mm-hmm. James Corden is billed ahead of Judy Dench, and like everybody else. Fucking what? Yeah. James Corden, I'm pretty sure, is first billed in the credits at the end. What?
4: Excuse me? <laughs> I don't know why.
3: How?
4: Is it alphabetical?
3: No, it's not alphabetical, and it's not in order of appearance.
4: I mean, it's I'm a speechless. sad statement. Yeah. It's probably <laughs> actually think. the most famous person other- I know, because Taylor is no. bigger than him. Yes. That is... Wow, he's got a really good agent kind of. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> <They, laughs> I maybe it's like a
1: signing thing, like he'll sign on if you yeah. do XYZ. Um, and, and that's Drew's probably anxious, why like, they
4: expanded Bustafer.
1: Yeah, that's entirely possible. Buster
4: and Jenny were both larger in the movie than <laughs> but I'm bumching than you we were on stage. <laughs>
1: uh cool, I hate it. Um <laughs> what worked for story?
2: What worked for story?
1: Nothing.
4: Next. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing.
2: I, I was going to be amazed if you did, honestly. <laughs> like...
4: Well, we covered earlier how, okay, CGI side, Grisabella's arc works. You get to see a character suffer pain and move on to something. But new. we, like, that was, the, the, aside, that was the...
3: from, aside from her performance, there is nothing of her pain. She's no. just in pain. And we're told she had to live in the wasteland. And right. that is all of the story. That's kind of not a plot.
4: Oh, There's, God. if you pay really <laughs> close attention to lyrics, there, there is more story there about mm. how, like, she fell for the guy who was going to make her a star and then Uh the first wrinkle he threw her out i mean it's a story we've seen a thousand times but yeah
3: but like it's also i guess like for plot wise even when i watch musicals i'm not an avid musical consumer but the times when i do my favorite ones are the ones where i'm shown and not told yeah and this is just like a song about how shit's sad, and then she yeah. goes to space. I and mean,
4: that's the entire story. That's everything Andrew Lloyd Webber's ever written. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the I, I mentioned this in part one. The only part of the story I enjoyed was the added song and interaction, uh, Beautiful Ghosts, mm. where Victoria responds to Grisabella, and they have an interaction about, like, w- we both want more than this, um, but we're connecting in our loneliness and our desire to be
4: you know. And it's you're right it's the only time in the movie where there's an emotional connection between two characters mm-hmm. that isn't sex or comedy.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not in the show. Nope, and not in the show.
2: <laughs> the one thing that upsets me about that uh-huh. uh is in an interview Taylor Swift was you know was asked about what's what it's, like, what it's right. like to write a song for this and she said, "Well, I mean, you know, when you're you're doing cats, you you, you if you can't get TS Elliot, you get TS." And I vomited, and blacked out, woke up three days later. <laughs> we should
4: keep in mind, she did not write the entire song. She only right, wrote, she, the wrote
2: lyrics. she wrote it along, uh, along with Andrew Lloyd Webber, didn't she? Quote, unquote.
4: She wrote words. He put music to it. He doesn't collaborate on his end of things. Right. Hmm. Which is why all of his uh, collaborators have left him. Huh. <laughs> How about that? Uh, Hi, Tim Rice. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: So do we feel good with moving on from story? As but far as we what did. worked? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> All right, cool, cool. We'll go. We'll go on the themes. Yeah. Do uh, it. So what worked as far as themes go? I have the wanting to belong, longing for the past. Um, basically, Grizzabella, Victoria, and Gus's narrative, and then nothing else.
2: I found the I found the overwhelming enthusiastic desire to die pretty relatable. <laughs> just, uh, just...
1: Joe, I don't know if we're gonna be able to find a chandelier. <laughs> <laughs>
4: this may be me reaching there is a theme i think it's a little stronger in the stage show but just because of the structure it's like Uh anecdote 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 each cat is celebrating what makes them special and unique yeah Mm -hmm. so there is a theme through of accept your differences
1: i like that i and when we go to the fix i kind of have something similarly where it's not there the theme is not there unless you really look for it and you're almost putting it there yourself like, the the puzzle pieces are there, but they're not put together. Um,
4: the quilt is laid out. The pieces have been stitched together. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, production. Anything with a production work? I don't... Like, honestly, I don't think so. Like, I don't think any part of the production... I was like, so uh, good. The
4: okay. shot of the Moulin Rouge wheel was That was nice. nice, yeah.
1: Whoever felt the need to put that in there.
2: Um, there are, like, flickering mm-hmm. moments of cinematography like that that pop up and are...
4: But who had the idea to put the literal pearl necklace on her in a three-way sex suit? I.
2: Oh, God. They sure did do that. They sure did.
4: Huh.
3: I'm so glad Yeesh. we keep returning to this.
1: <laughs> you brought it up, and uh, we've not
2: been able to well, do this. Yeah, we we, uh, it's forever just going to be right at the forefront of my goddamn mind as we do this.
4: But speaking of moments of cinematography, the introduction of Gus with Mustopheles in the background, where he's soft focus. And I yeah. on, I yeah. did
2: really like that shot. Yeah, it's
4: pretty sad that that's what we're going to as a positive because <laughs> <a> like, <laughs>
2: scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, we dug under the
4: barrel. <laughs> we're halfway
2: to six. That's song. kind of what you have to do though with this. It's just so much. Like, so much of it is just so. I it 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 I, it oscillates from overwhelming and like washed out to just straight up boring. And yeah it's both at the same time all the time yeah
3: i actually i'm kind of curious you had mentioned earlier that like a lot of the uh vfx mm-hmm. um was a a labor hellscape and yeah. b like people like chucked all of the problems on the uncanny valley that ended up coming out of it right. which was a major fucking component but yeah. um would as a person Actually, have have you, uh, Rob, do you do any movie stuff or just purely theater?
4: 99% theater. Okay.
3: Uh, So for people who have done any Mm -hmm. film production stuff, um, does most of that lay on, like, director, producer, editor? Where does, like, the the, the fact that outside of the uncanny valley of the CG, Mm. the, like, the fact that everything else is a production nightmare, where does the rest of that usually fall?
1: Are you uh what specific element are you referring to?
3: I guess fucking all of it. So like, We we actually had a very similar conversation <laughs> yeah. with, with Mike in our guilty pleasure. It's episode. like art art direction, um uh shot choice, like fucking all of it feels bad.
2: Yeah. Gotcha. about? oh we were talking about Daredevil. We were talking about Daredevil, yeah. How because the uh the the director was also the writer Mark. and Je- Mark Steven Jacobson Mark Zuckerberg Mark, Mark Zuckerberg Jacob- <laughs> Steven uh, Jingle Jingleheimer
1: Give, give Schmidt. him a quick quick look. Um, so basically what we we discussed who is to blame for Daredevil uh and the I think the the desired answer is a single person. Mm-hmm. Um it's more satisfying to say like fuck you director or producer. All hoops. Or, yeah. Um <laughs> all, t- like, Tommy Hoops. <laughs> the you,
2: There's never just one there's person. There's never though. just one it, person. It, 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 when you're doing something is of this scale, with, this, with so many people involved and so much money wrapped up in it, there's never just one person. There's so. like a sore thumb that sticks out. Oh, yeah.
1: But- even if you you can't blame it all on Tom Hooper because
2: I mean, he, I mean, he's, I mean, to be fair, he is a thumb who has been whacked with a hammer quite a few times yes. in the, the course of this. Like, he stands out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But no, I think, I think whenever it comes to those decisions and revolving around the visual effects, like, I feel like his, his, uh, his influence is, has got to be minimal. He's, I imagine there's a lot of studio work there. There's a lot of product, a lot of producer influence there. If
1: kind of um, like what we did with Avatar, where it's like, here are the big things that made this movie impossible to be good. Mm. The the things that would fix this movie, um. Time. Yeah. You gave the video effects people can do their job. You gave them four months. No, no, no. Not I'm at I'm all. actually That's, like really impressed with what they did with four months.
2: Yeah, like it's, I it, mean, it, yeah, it's, it's it's like with the last Airbender, how they had to pivot all that time into converting yeah. so much of it to 3D at the last minute. Yeah, but
3: even like shot choice and art direction, like I feel like those things fall outside of like that time crunch, or do they not?
1: It, you still need, so like, the people who decide decide the actual time allotted are the execs, right? Mm. Like the people at the top. And they very much wanted this to be a Christmas release. Yeah. They also decide that, you know, they'll talk to the director. They'll talk to the director heads and say, like, how much time do you need for X, Y, Z? They'll negotiate that. Um, David Fincher on Alien 3 was like, I need X, Y, and Z. And they're like, you get A, B, C, which is much less in each of these areas. And then it went, uh, according to the executives, it went over and all those things to the exact number that David Fincher said he needed (laughs) Um, and he's like I (laughs) I don't know what to tell you except uh, that I told you so I don't there actually wasn't a whole whole lot of information as far as like the production for cats um outside of like the VA the video effects people getting screwed real bad so I don't know I don't even know what studio did this do you know
4: Universal's Universal, but here's the thing: the actual producing studio mm-hmm. is the really useful group, which is Lloyd Webber's, mm-hmm. and that's where your biggest problem is. Is that you? This is a movie that has FX in literally almost every shot of the mm-hmm. entire movie. Yeah, because like even that that bedroom romper scene, they only built three quarters of the set, so the background of every shot and that had to be filled mm-hmm. in. The movie needed to be treated by people who know how to do like a superhero movie, something, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you had people. Like the worst parts of Lame Is are swooping FX shots.
1: Uh, Tom Hooper also directed Lame Sure Les Mis did.
4: This. And that's the thing, he has no experience in any aspect of how yeah. that works. He doesn't know how to integrate his camera shot into what CGI is going to be. You have Android Weber, who, in his brain, because he's the egoist, thinks <laughs> that. Oh, well, every movie I do is going to be the same. Because in his mind, the direct-to-video tapings of Joseph and Superstar mm-hmm, yeah. and Cats were real movies. He calls them real movies.
1: Which is weird. They are. But they're yeah. not. Better shot stage films, but they're not. They're not movies.
2: But Yeah, but that's the thing is that that's still building off the stagecraft of what he had built for Broadway. Right. Like, and
4: even his movie movies, with the exception of Evita, where he had Alan Parker at the helm to be like, mm-hmm. no, Andrew.
1: Um, <laughs> I should bring him up later, so. Keep that oh, line. okay.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, they... Superstar was like, let's just get a bunch of hippies drunk in this stu- in the mm-hmm. in this desert and film a movie. Like that's what his his <laughs> film versions have been. So he has no. no clue what amount of work and he's the one like universal distributed it, really useful, paid for everything.
1: Okay. That makes sense. So that doesn't really answer your question. No, but it does but...
4: in that like there's no
1: single person to blame pretty much everybody at Sees the head of anything fucked up. I mean, some more than others. I I don't know how an art director came into this and had a, like what do you even do? <laughs> like, um, I'm assuming it did have an art director, but like everything was CG, so
4: <laughs> well. But the art director would have been like all of the furniture pieces in the bedroom, all of the kitchen tables and such for Jenny Anydots. Like, it's, even it's deciding really color palette for yeah. this shit,
3: and the color palette was like tough. It was it was hard to be around. It, Pretty much all the time.
1: And it, well it, it didn't vary much. Yeah. Like uh the the set with Jenny Any Dots, um, I actually kinda liked like that set. Uh it was like a dirty sat like a high saturation but like a little dirty. Um like it, it had a I mean as I describe it in the, the first part, kind of a smashing pumpkins vibe. <laughs> um, uh, t- t- tonight, tonight. I, I think, episode.
2: Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what you popped into my head when you made that joke in the yeah. fir- in the first episode, and just I, I've not been I'm able sorry. to unthink un- of it. I,
1: after you know what, this is a sidebar, but like after I wrote that joke, I was like, no, it doesn't remind me of that music video specifically. It's what the fuck's his name, Billy Cor- Corrigan. It's it's that every child mouse looks like Billy Corgan. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That... <laughs> I kind of want to watch
3: the
2: movie a third time just to see what you saw. I
1: was so uncomfortable, and I had to like dig deep into my psyche to be like, "What is it about this that's bothering me?" So
2: now me? I'm going to see clips of that and just immediately think in the back of my head, "The world is a vampire." Well,
4: it also almost looks like there were two different art directors that didn't talk. Yeah, because a large chunk of the scenic design is meant to look '30s. So you've got the mm-hmm. '30s car, you've got the theater, um, the kitchen looks. 30s, 40ish. The bedroom looks 30, but then you've got a lighting designer that went, "Oh, the show's set in the 80s. Let's do eight neon everything." Right, and right. then the milk bar, which the fuck is easy. that?
2: Yeah, um, just a bunch of cats coming in after the bit about of, of the violence. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're about to get lost in the matrix. Oh, my God.
1: Um, drink I the think, blue milk. I think t- time, time, and ego is as often as the biggest enemy to this production. Yeah. Fantastic, <laughs> uh, man! I don't know what we're going to possibly talk about, but what didn't work?
4: Uh, let's just watch the movie. Let's, uh, <laughs> <not> tw- tw- <laughs> twice was enough. Uh, cast. James, Rebel... Corden and... <laughs> James Corden,
3: James yeah. Corden and Rebel Wilson. Yeah, yeah.
2: just frankly, it.
3: <sighs> like I, so I feel bad because I feel like Rebel Wilson in particular is one of those actresses who gets like shit on by the like right wing chuds on the internet. Hmm. Okay. Um, oh yeah. And I, I don't know a lot of her stuff. So part of me wants to mm-hmm. like her just so I disagree with those. Right? No, I, I feel that. Yeah. But
1: also, she was fucking terrible in this. Because when I was talking to Blenda about it, I'm like, "Who the fuck is Rebel Wilson?" I hated her, and she's like, "Why?" Uh, and I'm like, "I watched the movie." And <laughs> um, she gave me like some background on who Rebel Wilson is as a person. I'm like, "That's that's fine and all. Like, I didn't really know her before this, but." So I'm I'm living in a rebel. I was living in a rebel Wilson vacuum and I loved it. Uh, and now I'm not. And what I experienced immediately stepping out of the vacuum was her and cats. So, yeah, politically, I, I have no it's, connection to her. She just, it's a vomit. really bad
2: introduction to
1: rebel yeah. Wilson.
4: <laughs> it, She's a younger Melissa McCarthy are both in that same exact lane of that same what
2: exact said, yeah. yeah, it's comic not style. it's not a bad comparison honestly. Especially considering the way that they that they both have been cast in comedies over the past decade or so, they do play similar roles. They feel they fill similar niches.
1: Maybe I'm projecting onto Rebel Wilson, but she very much feels like a lazy actor. Like
2: I think this performance in particular or all of her improv, all of uh, and Mm. It, it it really does come across as lazy, it's lazy just, uh, a, and needy.
1: I
3: have a yeah. feeling that it was um like for that one, I had an impression that it was a directorial thing of like okay, just do like this thing's happening, say some one-liners, do comedy. I go. would
2: not be yeah, and then like dance monkey.
1: Yeah, like if at I that hadn't, point, <laughs> seen her shtick at the Oscars. Mm. I'm like, oh, you. This is the same shtick as you had in the film. Yeah. Which I hated then, and I hate even more now. I
2: hate, yeah. It's, um, uh, but, it's, I don't know, because I've seen her in other things and okay. enjoyed her. What, like, is, what uh, else is she in? Pitch Perfect, uh, alongside. Oh, you know I didn't see that. I oh, know, I know you didn't see that. No, uh, but not enough guns.
4: <laughs> <laughs> She's in a metric ton of stuff. She's actually. in a
2: lot of stuff. Yeah, just pitch, pitch Perfect is always just what jumps to mind for me. There's um, something
4: where she plays a stewardess. That she was really good in, but I can't remember what it was.
2: <laughs> Brutal. I'm
1: willing to give her another shot, but from my only exposure to Rebel Wilson, I cannot stand her.
3: I think the other thing that happened was, like, so, A, they were like, hey, do one-liners. Mm-hmm. Go. And they keep letting her into, like, other scenes to do one-liners yeah. and horrible moments. And then <laughs> the shot lingers after said one-liner for, it like, does, a it's full weird. second. It's it just makes everything worse every I mean, that, time it that's happens. That's the editor's fault. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but it's like, very weird. It, it highlights like, oh, this moment is clanging and continues to clang. Yeah. Like, it just makes everything she does look even worse. Yep. It
4: does very much feel like the movie was edited for laughter and applause breaks. That's a good to way to put had. it. Yeah. But there were none to be had.
1: Oh, God. See, All right. Well, you thing, Jags. Well,
2: one, other, well, no, one other note I want to I point sure. out here. And I... I only know this because of the Lindsay Ellis uh, "Why Is Cats" video that I shared with you all. Yes, um, didn't watch it. So, <laughs> there. So, in in talking about Jenny Anydots, mm-hmm. uh, well, I'm talking about a lot of the musical pieces. Like a lot of it's not supposed to be just sung by that one cat. Like it's supposed uh-huh. to be the entire. Like there, like other cats are coming in and singing about these characters. A lot of it's a whole m- colony
1: singing most of the song. Uh, I think uh, Skimbleshanks, Straps,
2: sings most of that as well right
1: mm-hmm.
2: but yeah but the, but yeah there's input from these other cats like kind of helping to highlight like what's special about the specific cat they're singing about mm-hmm. and in the Jenny Endie dots number there's um like the like the little jazzier p- uh, parts in the yeah. and the interstitials are a three-part harmony. it is really awesome like Andrew sisters tight like
4: like flashback and uh-huh. it's wonderful.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it works really well as a three-part harmony. But then you hear Rebel Wilson doing it, Mm. just her. Like, there's nobody else. Untrained singer. Yeah, it's
4: and the fact that she eats her performers goes totally against the lyrics of what the (laughs) character is.
1: Beyond being just nightmarish.
4: Right, (laughs) and it's less nightmarish when it's CGI faces on cockroaches and it's garbage bags put on to be cockroaches. Yeah. Like the whole garbage. (laughs) Obviously, they took the garbage theme out and made it just garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: All right. Well, y'all wanted to stand up for Reverend Wilson. What do you got to say about James Corden? fuck him
3: apparently the guy's an asshole and that's the only thing i ever know about him <laughs>
2: yeah well from from what i've heard like behind the scenes he's a giant dick to his staff to his crew like just a woefully unpleasant person to be around and work for i think he like
3: so i don't have as mu- i don't have as much like want to like james gordon uh-huh. as like as i do for rebel wilson but the like i think he suffers from the exact same stuff of like the you know the direction is Hey, do some one liners Mm -hmm. and let's linger on you for way too fucking long while you do
4: it. He went from obscure to name with an update of Shakespeare's Servant of Two Masters called, was it Two Masters, One Governor, something like that in Britain. It was all the exact same shtick that he does in Cats. And I have seen him do other stuff where it's not relying on that exact same friggin shtick every time. So again, they went, well, let's throw out Bust for Jones, It's really fun cat who's proper mm. out the window so we can smack Jim corns in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> they stick out the most as worse because they are not playing characters from the show.
3: Yeah, they totally don't fit. No.
4: Now, whether that's their fault or the director's fault or the producer's fault or the key grip's fault, who knows?
1: <laughs> oh, you know the grips. Um <laughs> Any other cast that we want to talk about as being... I mean, we talked a little bit in the first part about um, Victoria and how expanding her part doesn't really work, but like I don't think that was the actor's fault. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel
4: like there's someone that sucked, but I just can't remember because my mind has blocked them out. How
2: do we, how do we feel <laughs> about... Idris Elba's... I, I was just going to ask that I, same question.
1: I think I'm I'm so told to like his performance that when he sucks, I'm like...
2: He was still good. That's the thing like, yeah, because like, I love at... Idris Elba so much. Like everything I've ever seen him yeah. in, I've really enjoyed him in, and just <sighs> it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch this performance.
3: I think there are a couple of moments, especially early on, when he's not being so goofy. But then mm-hmm. they like goof him up. McCavity! Yeah, like the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that like. After after he goofs a couple of times, like I I cannot take it seriously yeah. anymore. I don't know if that's a casting problem because before those moments happen, Idris Alba as scary magic cat mm-hmm. fucking works. Yeah. I don't think that's yep. a casting issue. I think it's either performance or direction or both. Like
4: Yeah, I agree. I think it's very much the direction on him. Mm-hmm. I also get the feeling that he wasn't there for most like it feels very <laughs> much like he was CGI'd in every scene except okay. the final one where he gets hmm. in arguably the worst fuck over by the CGI ever when he takes off the hat and the coat yeah and it's, just, it's the worst just nightmare naked eaters Elba yes Make that shiny. should be the thing of my dreams and no why,
1: why doesn't it work because I feel the same way I'm like why am I so disgusted by the proportions
4: are off the proportions like okay. as big as he is as a human male uh-huh. they didn't apply those to him embiggening the cat so he's got He's got a funky ears that don't match what the rest of his body is, and it just...
1: It's like broad shoulders, itty-bitty waist.
4: Well, it's that, but it's also like itty-bitty ears. Yeah, and his ears are alongside. so tiny. Yeah. okay. They don't work with what... Like, he, he's just supposed to be a tabby cat. And... I think the,
3: the, the shininess of the fur also, it doesn't yeah. look like... So, like, if it were, like, glistening uh-huh. s- skin, that would be one thing. It's and like, if it were matte fur, that would be
2: another. It's but like this, the like, midpoint between them. S-
3: the satin fur just looks a little frightening
4: in a bad way. Yeah. And it al- almost... I almost wonder if their direction was, we'll make him look pathetic so we feel bad for him in that moment.
1: It didn't hmm. work. It, yeah, it. super didn't work.
2: No, But it's...
4: <laughs> Poor
1: Idris. Okay, so we don't think it was his fault. I
2: don't the... think it was Idris's fault, but it was. Oh God, choices were made.
1: Themes, I I have themes weren't bad. They just were execor- executed poorly and muddled.
3: Yeah, that's fair. So you were saying this is a concept show, so it doesn't really have much plot. It's all theme. Um... But theme is cat. The, but the theme is cat. It's like, that's, that's where cats. we're at. And that,
4: Literally, if cats had opened three years earlier or a decade later, it would be forgotten. Hmm. It would have never been a hit or anything. It just hit at the right time when people did enough cocaine and the wealth <laughs> was growing <laughs> that it became. It wasn't about the show. It was about the power position of having seen the show. Ah. This was the first show where for years I you see. couldn't get tickets. This was the very first mega musical.
2: It was Hamilton. Yes. Didn't
4: matter if the show was any good. It was the show to see. see. You'll note things like normally Broadway shows, every poster has like this quote from the New York Times. This mm-hmm. qu- it was the fucking eyes. There were no <laughs> critical on the poster <laughs> for Cats. I was going to ask
1: you um, what the critical response was for Cats at the time of its, the, the stage show, um, at the time of it its. It was release. a very mixed reception. Okay.
4: No, there were very few people that outright loved it. Um, the choreography got a lot of praise the score mm. got a decent amount of praise. It won Tony's because, well, what else were we going to do?
1: Right. <laughs> right. You have what you have.
4: Yeah. And it, it wasn't like a sweep of the Tony's or anything like that. Mm. And it's sort of one of those shows like Bye Bye Birdie, where at the time it was a huge hit, it was a huge deal, but now the theater community kind of looks back at it and going, were hmm. we really that proud of that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. What, what are shows where it's a very loose framing des- device just put a bunch of songs in
4: contact Fosse uh,
1: what's the term for it
4: those are usually reviews okay mm. or jukebox musicals okay like Mamma Mia mm-hmm. is well here's that's a very weak story but yeah. let's throw all the hits of ABBA in Jersey Boys is, is at least a biography where mm-hmm. we threw the songs in um, you would not and say
1: cats is a one of those
4: no because it's not a pre-existing well it's not a mostly pre-existing score okay sorry Andrew recycled a bit Good. gotcha <laughs> So, like, theme that didn't work is cats.
1: They did accomplish cats.
3: (laughs) Right. But, it did, like, as a theme for a piece of media, cats is not a theme that I think is a good theme to leave (laughs) and be done with.
4: (laughs) Well, I think the authors put certain themes in it but were too cracked out of their skulls or too stupid to realize they were there to expand on them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, the idea of rebirth is a great thing to build around. Yeah, and it's fascinating and there are moments when you're like you understand why Grizabella would want it but other parts of it you're like okay so Skimbleshanks has a great life why would he ever want right you know if you dig in the story there was an accident caused by him that's why he would want to be reborn so he could go back and redo the accident like Mm -hmm. oh
1: shit that's really good makes way more sense yeah (laughs) Yeah.
4: but they're not you know same thing with Jenny AnyDots is that
1: in the lyrics or is that in the it's in the lyrics
4: there's a little you gotta dig gotta dig a little deeper Uh, I hate it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and that's the thing the the creators could have and come up with something so much more you know the sense of community addressing the fact that like every society the cats are little bitches to one person (laughs) yeah you know um and it's there and grisabella gets the best of the themes coming through but it's still you could really bring that out
1: in the fix i i loosely address rebirth and um it's it's present. it's it's almost like it should be the backbone of the story.
4: Well, and there's abandonment
1: and abandonment. Mm-hmm. yeah.
4: you know, and how many of these cats are out, how many of these cats don't have masters? And then what about yeah. you know, Skimble shanks is a work cat? like
1: yeah <laughs> it, is am I remembering this correctly? Does Mistopheles have a collar?
4: I honestly don't remember he doesn't in the stage show. okay, but I feel I feel like he, he had would had have to have color. a master because they talk about his family. Always saying, "Oh, where is that cat?" And he's like, oh, on the roof. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: right. Um,
4: but maybe he has bad owners, and that's why he doesn't have a collar.
1: Hmm. Story. What didn't work?
3: I am wondering. So I haven't seen the stage show. Um, I feel like the. It's not a review, but like this, like song about cat, song about cat, like this one-and-done episodic thing for a movie, I think that didn't work because it didn't present a story in the format of like sitting down and looking at your TV.
1: I I have songs loosely attached to a weak frame. Mm -hmm.
4: Just like, for example, books four through six in the Dune series should never ever be attempted to be filmed. (laughs) 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 There are... Because you to to properly change something from one media to the other, you have to make changes. Mm -hmm. Some of the very worst movies are word-for-word adaptations of a novel or a play. Um, Whereas other times, you know, you make the changes going to the screen and they're amazing.
1: So one of the things that gave me a lot of trouble with fixing this is this story should not be a movie. Um, When you're coming up with a story, and we're all writers you have to decide what is the best way to present this story. And cats as a stage show is about as good as it's going to get with the story you have as a film. It does not work at all. Like that story should not be filmed as a traditional
2: narrative. Um, I think you would have needed a, a more concerted attempt to, to mimic this, st- maybe not mimic, but like build off of what's presented in the stage craft of it and translate that into film and that's a fucking feat. Like that's not um, an easy transition to make and it's like they it's like they, they tried to eschew it more than address it.
1: I well, I'm trying to remember the the Von Trier film with Nicole Kidman that takes place on a stage. Oh, Kill Bill.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, Dogville. Dog thank Bill. you, thank
1: you, Dogville. Yeah, yeah. Um which like fuck Von Trier. Fuck Von Trier. I do like that film, um, but it's it's minimalist stage, right? It's like all uh, st- um, strike tape. Am I thinking of the right thing? The, whatever the tape that goes on the, the theater floor.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Spike. Spike. Spike yes, tape. I oh, Spike okay. Tape. I, have, okay. Yeah. I have heard of this. Yeah.
1: Um, It's a rough watch, but I, I enjoyed it. Well, enjoy is not the right word, but like I-
2: <laughs> You experienced yes. it.
1: Yes. Um, I think that there is a space for- making a a movie look more like shooting it more as a stage show, like having elements of the stage in a traditional film. I think to take what the stage show is and, and shoot it more cinematically isn't gonna work. Mm -hmm. Um, One, it's, it's, it's one location. Um, The, and it's, it's still a very wireframe with songs, attached to it yeah so like i i would like to bring bring elements of like costume and lighting and set to from the stage show to the film but as far as the narrative goes it's still thin
3: mm-hmm.
2: oh absolutely
1: i'm
3: like this is one of those things where i don't know if you could like make a fuller plot without the whole thing falling apart anyway
1: We'll we'll get to that right. in a minute as far as like the fix goes, but w- what I have so far is not a fix. Um, in order to fix this, you would have to break all the parts apart and start from scratch. Um, make a completely different. Basically, movie. make a completely different. <laughs> uh,
4: but the thing, is, so, Cats the stage show is. Um, you need, like, three good runs of cocaine because it's two hours <laughs> and 35 minutes long. Yeah. The taped movie that was released on mm-hmm. PBS is only two hours? I think so, yeah. And then this travesty is, like, 145. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in shrinking it, they made the mistake of cutting all the what's referred as restative in the opera world. But it's okay. sung dialogue between... The by cutting the recit, which is where all the different cats come in, as you would mentioned, like different people singing different songs, uh-huh. there are at least transitions from number to number in the that stage show. That would make show. way more sense. And mm. the movie doesn't have any of them. Yeah. Well, mm. Mm, like 90% right. of the mark.
2: I think you had brought that up when we were doing the original watch, too. Yeah. There there, there's that. There are those those bits of connective tissue there that are just completely lost in this version. Yeah.
4: Like, how do we get from Jenny Anidots to Bust for Jones? Like yeah. How do we get from A to B instead of jarred. from A to Z with skipping everything? We're like Amazon.
0: <laughs>
4: it
1: it is very jarring especially i think that's why specifically i don't like the skimbleshanks number because it's like
4: it is very jarring
1: we just went from gus being kidnapped to happy
4: and that changing. whole kidnapping thing just the way they address it, it you do right they to... never acknowledge that somebody's gone
1: <laughs> i do fix that that's that was an easy fix um cut it completely <laughs> yep, uh, there there is no, macavity. Uh, <laughs> oh, no um All right, last thing, and then we'll we'll go on a break. Uh, what didn't work as far as the production goes? Uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom, Stuart, Tom Hooper. The, the I just have the CGI like not the shit on them because they they didn't have a chance, but like the CGI did not work for this film.
2: I think the 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 proper time and resources were not. We're not dedicated yeah. to allow the CGI to work like it could have. But when you're forcing when you're forcing those people into those crunch scenarios yeah. and you're like actively talking shit on them through yeah. the process is like, what did you expect to happen? <laughs>
1: um, And that's really the only thing I can comment on as far as production goes, because like it, the costumes were CGI. The is for CGI. The lighting was probably half and half.
2: Actually, a bunch of glow sticks in a fishbowl. <laughs> uh, they took my method.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, the I, editing could be better.
3: Yeah, oh. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to throw the editors and uh, even like the... The way that they chose to frame a lot of the dance numbers pulled a lot of the power of whatever dances were happening.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, whoever decided to have tailography needs shot. <laughs> 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 I get as a cat owner that cats communicate with their tails. Yeah. With synchronized tail dancing when it is like it's the original Raimi Spider-Man, there's no weight to it problem. Right. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just mm, tail I mean, hierography is one thing, not tailography. It, it was no.
1: a decision that was made, yes. Um <laughs> Well, oh golly. Um with all that in mind, Vince, do you feel like it earned its accolades? As in the Razzie? Yeah. The R- n- Razzies. nine Razzies. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh so we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back and we're gonna fix it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna We're gonna do it. I don't believe you.
2: We're gonna do it.
1: And cut the ads. <laughs> Welcome back to Drazzled. If you enjoyed Cats, I'm sorry. But we're going to make it even better. <laughs> and here's how. Uh, <laughs> what a fucking intro. Nailed it. Landed, <laughs> landed, the perfect how? landing. <laughs> 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 we're, to the surprise of no one, we're recording both these parts in the same day, and I'm very tired. Um, I'm starting to see shit. starting to see shit? What's in I'm not actually, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> How... How spider does that beard?
3: It's uh, it's actually just the leftover effects of seeing cats twice.
1: Oh uh, yeah,
2: you know he's been seeing shit for days.
1: CPTSD. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what that means. <laughs> yeah, not complex. Cats, cats.
1: <laughs> uh, so I'm recasting surprise. Jenny any dots to the surprise of no one. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, Joe, I asked you for suggestion. Oh, are you going with my suggestion? I did. Uh, yes. originally, I was ah. thinking the actress who was in Booksmart. Oh, um, mm-hmm. okay. But after you recommended, uh, I check out Rachel Bloom, um, I watched her music video on, uh, fuck, Ray, ba- Ray, ba- Ray Bradbury, I'm
2: fucking Ray Bradbury, yeah, yeah, or fuck me, Ray Bradbury, Fra- rather,
1: fuck me, Ray Bradbury, yeah. Uh, please <laughs> isolate that clip. <laughs> <laughs> Um, She was fantastic and funny and could sing and dance. She's
2: brilliant. I love her. um,
1: She may not have the star power that this Rebel Wilson broad has, but. uh,
3: (laughs) (laughs) Your 1960s is showing again, (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) Just tuck that back into my pants. (laughs) Oh, no.
1: Uh, Also, Bustover Jones. James Corden's got to go. I'm shocked. What I know, shocked. Um,
3: Obviously, you took all of our opinions into account before you made this decision. Yeah, yeah.
1: three days ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> the the person I went with it's it's so obvious that I feel like it, the offer was made and rejected. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My face sake. <laughs>
2: Um, Your parents I specifically like... chose his face. Yeah,
1: I feel like that should be like on a dating profile. <laughs> like what you're looking for, height, blah, 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 face shape. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Oh yeah. Mine's the boosh. The... <laughs> so I, and I, I went, I went with Nathan Lane. Mm. Oh, hell yeah. Like why would you not at least offer to him? I'm looking at you, Rob. Like you you know something that happened,
2: Rob. Why didn't you offer? Why didn't you offer (laughs) Nathan Lane?
4: Uh, Why? Because Nathan Lane on film does not tend to work. Ooh, Ooh. I disagree. I've
1: seen Mousetrap.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Talking about musicals, did you see Uh, the producers?
1: I saw the original one.
4: I the film of the Broadway show. Just, he's doing a stage performance on film, and it doesn't work.
2: That's enough. kind of the entire cast and crew, though, too, because the director, oh, yeah, the director Stroman of, didn't know she what the fuck she was doing. Yeah, because the director of the film is the director of the stage show, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm.
4: And the whole thing is filmed as a stage show on New York's real streets. It does not work. Yeah, like, it's a it it's a very
2: way? faithful adaptation, which does not serve the film well. As we've learned, faith is a waste of time when it comes to film. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're getting real loopy I can't, I can't i can't
2: wait to hear what you just did in the recording when i'm editing later <laughs> do you think
1: nathan lane's i'm gonna call it heightened reality would work for cats
4: not if we're doing bustifer as he's meant to be Ooh. oh so i don't know bustifer as he's meant to be he's much more honestly fan casting i would have thought patrick stewart
0: Really? Ooh. Whoa! So Ooh. this is a completely Ooh. different Bustopher.
4: Because Bustopher is very prim and proper. And like the Patrick Stewart you see in those commercials with Mark Hamill is Bustopher Jones. Like it's much closer than what we got from Horton. So we're going
3: to re... I actually really like that because we are fucking reuniting Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Yeah! That's what, my, that's what I was just thinking too. Just as many projects with both of them.
1: I thought you are going to say making it a different character because his character right now is too close to Jenny Antidots. But no, you're right. Uh... <laughs> I, I And I watched the stage show. It, it just it didn't stick. Um, he's just very prim and proper. And he's like, oh, if I'm fat, so
4: what? I always wash yeah. my hands and I use a napkin and I
1: polish the silver. And... Which I like that more because it, it varies from the previous shtick yes. we just saw. So, um, So
4: his character
3: in the stage show, the thing that makes him special is how posh he is. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's not what I got. No, involved. no. Yes, considering
2: yeah. like the the degree to which he is just rifling through the trash and jamming whatever he can find into his gob, just... and it, it, okay.
4: he's not that at all. Like he does the nibble with the pinky up kind of thing. The key is he's the Saint Jameson Street cat. Yeah, that's like saying he lives in Central Park West. Mm. I'm. He he lives in the Squirrel Hill of. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I needed that. <laughs> He's in uh, one of the Victorian houses that hasn't been split into apartments.
1: There, there it is. Oh, that, see? Thank you. That makes way more sense. Uh,
2: squirrel hill. God, God damn
1: it. We're from Pittsburgh. Uh, I am super cultured. Uh, so if, if we were going to go the same direction as um, James Corden, I would go with Nathan Lane. But with the character as originally presented in the stage show, Patrick yeah. Stewart, which is what we're now going to do in this fix. Sorry, oh. Nathan. Uh, sorry, Nathan. Love you, but
4: I mean Nathan Lane can do a better James Corden than James Corden can. But... <laughs> that I buy a hundred
2: percent.
1: But just the, the what you're describing, that musical number fits better in.
2: Oh, I, cool, 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 cool. I, I just thinking about it makes me happy. This is oh.
1: Um, we're gonna move on to crew, but before I list them off, um, so the way that I want to take this movie. Isn't going to work. But here's what we're going to do anyway. Um, Quote unquote fix. (laughs) I was watching this YouTube video about somebody like talking about their experience with cats. Um, Specifically, this is the person that like rewatched the Rum Tum Tugger bit until it was like
2: erased. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) Until all of the
3: sounds and sights (laughs) just disintegrated into their component parts.
1: Yeah. Uh, And I was thinking like she was talking about it as though this was a world that she got to step into as a child. which I. I could see that um, and then having that be all CGI and losing that ability to step into the world um, would suck. So I compared it to the movies that like I grew up with as a kid that I'm like, this is a world I want to step into. Like the original Star Wars trilogy, anything by Tim Burton, um, any of the movies by, and this is the one I'm picking for uh, this, this adaptation um, is any of the Terry Gilliam films. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, his sets are always amazing. They're they're excluding some of his newer movies because he couldn't get any funding. Um, they're all real, tangible sets, and he's and they're still goofy as shit. They're so. goofy as shit, and they're cluttered, <laughs> and I love it. So I wanted to take something as far as like the the trash dump, um, where you have all this clutter and crap, um, but make it fun. Uh, so I stole Terry Gilliam's set designer, Norman Garwood, who did Brazil. Um, I was thinking Fisher King, but nobody knows Fisher King. So that's fine. We'll go with Brazil. Um, he also did Princess Bride, uh, which is another world huh. that like, you feel like you can step into and like be a part of. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the next is so like, I feel a little bad doing this because I wrote. I wrote the fix before I wrote the movie production part, right? Okay. So, like, I was still very much, like, didn't understand what had happened with the uh, video effects people. Okay. So, my solution was, as it usually is, ditch the visual uh, effects. So, you have real costumes.
3: I still agree with that. Even though it wasn't the Mm -hmm. VFX people's fault, they were given no time. That was one of the things I was thinking about while watching this was like costumes would be more fun even without the uncanny valley. I think there's just only so much you can do by like making humans fur covered
1: like they they said Tom Hooper was like, I want people to think these are cats like that is the goal of the vis- visual effects, which you can't do. And if you could do it, I still wouldn't want it.
3: I think it. I think even well done, it will fall into the uncanny valley because the closer you get, there's you're still not shooting for human. You're <laughs> shooting just shy of it. You're going to land there all the time.
1: I would. That's my opinion. Much rather see people in costumes, um, like and and this is the example I'm going to give because is the person I'm stealing. Um, her name is Rita Ryak.
2: I must say, how do you spell it?
1: Uh, R Y A K. Uh, she's a right. costume sure. designer for The Grinch. I
0: thought <laughs> <As long laughs> you were going to
2: say that. Really? That's exa- no, because as, as you're going through that, my brain suddenly uh-huh. started thinking, like, well, what if they did like a, like a make like a prosthetic uh-huh. makeup thing where they have more of a cat like mouth? And, yeah, yeah. You know, and then I started thinking about that fucking Grinch movie. Yeah. Like, I hate yeah. that movie, but it's a it's a favorite in my family. My I, aunt, my aunt goes out of her way to, to, to <laughs> quote it all the time. It's your aunt sucks. It's not
4: the biggest abomination to the name of Doctor Seuss. <laughs> no,
1: um, <laughs> Cat in the Hat, right? Although she also yeah. did the Cat in the Hat. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which makes sense. Like very similar. Yeah, question is, you know, was not one. the
4: problem with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> My big wires was. Um,
1: and I don't know that they need to go full prosthetic. They could. I would like to see like a mock-up of it, but somewhere in between, like the, like I look at the Grinch, so I'm like, that is Jim Carrey in a in a costume. Oh yeah. Um,
2: but it conveys the character so well too.
1: Yeah. Uh, she also did Casino um, and the Hairspray remake.
2: You put the Grinch in um, Casino.
4: <laughs> yeah, while know, he was selling hairspray.
1: Um, she also, <laughs> and I, I don't know this at all, but just because she was nominated for a Tony, I figure I should say she was nominated for a Tony for Casa Valiente, Valentina. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it was a flop, but yeah. <laughs> well, she was still nominated. Yes. Uh, I'll take it. And we're getting rid of Tom Hooper, and replacing yes. him with Alan Parker. He uh, did uh, Amita <laughs> and *Fame*, um, which are two movies that I and
4: I've... *Bugsy Malone*.
1: Right? Uh, I think he did *Bugsy Malone*. He did *The Wall*. Uh, *Pink Floyd's The Wall*. Uh, oh hell yeah! And um, uh, it can it... still be a *Fever Dream*.
2: Yeah. Oh, it it will it will be. <laughs>
1: uh, and um, he's
2: shown he can do *Fever Dream* well.
1: <laughs> if you really want to, like, have an awkward movie night with your family, watch *Angel Heart*.
2: Um, <laughs>
4: But he also proved with Avita that he can pull emotion out of mediocre lyrics that have Andrew Lloyd Webber music.
2: <laughs> well, there <laughs> we go. So, he's okay, he's got all the prerequisites we mm-hmm. need to make this not terrible. He has said no to Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber in the past. So, yeah. This guy's My great. hero. Um, <laughs> he's
1: Does one this of those... mean
4: we have to wait for
1: Webber to die? Oh, and piss. be dead for 70 years. Oh, no, okay. There's that. <laughs> uh, and the, Okay, so, like, that's that's the crew that's been gathered, the cast that's been gathered. Um, as far as like production goes, you're
4: not recasting Taylor Swift.
1: Oh, oh we didn't get through the rules because I forgot.
2: So yeah, typically we only recast two rules, ro- two roles. Oh, never mind.
1: Okay. Yeah. So really quick, just to go through our, our general rules. Um, we have to keep, and this is what, again, fuck me. We have to keep the general outline plot of the thing we're fixing. Um, Which we, I mean,
2: given, you know, we, there's the stage show backing there. So like, the, it's not that hard to do, but right.
1: But like, in order to truly fix this, I would have to decimate it and start from.
2: Crap. You'd have to break
3: the rules of the game. Yeah. Yes.
4: It would be um, Dogs the Musical. To be fair, we have <laughs> to be fair. We have broken the rules. We've we've we bent and there.
1: them. Uh, and then the the other role is that like we can't
2: have anything in our fix that the production would have had at the time of its making. But since this movie's so new, it doesn't really yeah. matter. Yeah. So this is the only time we've done a movie that has been this recent. <laughs> so. I it mean if be. anything we are backtracking historically. We are. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Um so we did not recast Taylor Swift. Okay. Uh
2: I I wanted to take care take of, the of the two, two biggest worst. problems. Yes. Yeah. Um despite despite the teasing of the, of having done that that we gave in the last episode uh surprise. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> nope. She's she's here. Uh, we tried, but she, she, just, wouldn't <laughs> she just wouldn't leave. She wouldn't leave. She's still here.
3: We uh, the, Here's the thing we would change about Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. We would have her on set for longer and give her new
2: dance moves to learn.
1: Uh, but that breaks the role of oh. something the production couldn't have. They couldn't is... have her
2: for more than a week because she was, she was touring, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Correct.
1: This game sucks.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. If they had had longer with Taylor and had kept the characters written, I don't have a problem with her in the role. Sure. Same.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. No CGI set or costume. Corrective is fine. Mm-hmm. The cockroaches and mice stop motion. Ooh, um,
3: your Tim Burton is showing.
1: My Tim Burton is showing for sure. Yeah, but it totally um,
4: embraces the vibe. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I I feel awful not being able to think, of it, but like whatever the studio is specifically, who did um, Coraline is who I'd like to get. Mm. Um, I think it's Henry Selnick Sel- is yes is the director, but I don't remember the studios. McCavity um, does not CGI poof in and out. <laughs> Instead, he he kind of like the Cheshire Cat from Disney's Alice in Wonderland, the animated one. You see his eyes disappear and reappear in shadows.
2: Oh, and then you have the eye motif from the poster yeah. that you're kind of playing with there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um,
4: and then all the cats can react to it instead of ignoring the cavity. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: I never thought about how weird that is, but that's super fucking weird. And then
1: for the perverts, um... <laughs>
2: <laughs> To all of us. Because we haven't done enough for the perverts already. <laughs> you right. Um,
1: you know how in like a video game sometimes they allow you to have like the gore on and off. <laughs> we have the butthole uh, toggle button. Oh, Choose that's your a special feature. There's the a right. yeah. Choose your yeah. own
2: butthole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it.
3: So that's showing up in the description for this app then, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh
1: God. Um Woo. So any anything we want to add as far as like production, cast, anything like that?
2: Um before we get into the story. Um before well, before we tackle that, um in terms of Coraline, were you talking about um is it focused features, Leica Entertainment or Pandemonium? Leica. Leica. Leica, yeah. Leica okay. That yeah, that's the company that you're referring to then. Yes, okay. the, them. They wouldn't do it. Why them. am I answering <laughs> your question? <Yeah.
1: laughs> um,
3: I I had originally thought production-wise, mm-hmm. um, after we watched it, based on the Amblin stuff, I had originally thought that like maybe like really high quality animation would have been neat. But I I think in like keeping the as much of the spirit of the stage show as you can, like grand costumes is like absolutely the way to go. And it's
4: super weird that they did basically nothing with it in this production. Yeah. There's always been this talk of cats as an animated feature and honestly I think it would be worse than what we got. Mm, Really? Because it is a story told through dance.
3: Mm. The dance
4: is the only thing that has consistently made it Mm. stick out. I
3: talked about Rotoscope at the time but even then I think it would like take away so much. Yeah. You
4: would
1: lose the...
3: You could have
1: some really cool animated dance but it wouldn't be the same.
2: Right. Uh, now I'm a little bit stuck on the idea of cats meets a scanner darkly. <laughs> mm. Speaking of fever dream. Speaking of fever dream. Oh, my God. Uh, What's Robert Downey Jr. doing right now? Fever dream. Speaking <laughs> di- of oh, um, well, right, <laughs> Right. Right.
1: Um, one of the thing, things I have to frequently do for this show is separate what I would like to do versus, like, what would fix it. So, like, what I would do is I would do it in the animation as well.
3: Uh, but I, 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 still think like I, I, to your agree point with costumes
2: wrong. and real dances. I think that <laughs> right. is a fair point. Yeah. yeah, as much as I would really like to see an animated version of this, it's a valid point.
1: I would ignore that, agree with it, and then ignore it, <laughs> um, and get uh, probably probably an animated an anime studio to work on it. Hmm. Um, Trigger. I'm not. I don't know my anime studios well enough, but. Uh, something
2: I just think like, it'd be really funny for the people who did Fully Coolie to do this. <laughs> oh those those people. Oh my god.
1: Um something that like shows the exa- ex- exaggerated movements of the human body. Um I just watched this one called Megalobox where it's like about it's about boxing. Which, yeah. Like I couldn't give a fuck about it normally, but like the way that they animate the human body and um the movement is fantastic. Hmm. Um so like But it's not for dancers. What? Dancers can watch it if they want.
3: <laughs> uh, I'd like to apologize to all the dancers out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm deeply yeah. sorry for the things that I've said.
1: Um, let's do the story. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. We fade in on Soho. Trash piles up on the street corners, sewage stagnates in alleyways. In the distant, we hear a fight that ends poorly. We crane down to a side street, the sounds of a desperate city interrupted by the purr of a 1974 Panther DeVille saloon. The car idles. Its door opens only wide enough for its owner to toss a sack. The car pulls away, but before it turns, disappearing forever, a pearly white cat emerges from the sack, giving chase. She calls after the car. Mama, mama, wait! The only response is the cough of exhaust as the car skids away. The cat holds tightly to its ruby red collar for comfort. Stitched along the band is the name Victoria. The sounds that first lured us here amplify. Terrified and confused, Victoria mouths the word mama, though nothing comes out. A breeze pushes steam from a sewer grate through Victoria, chilling her. But on the wind we hear the words, barely louder than a whisper, Chelical cats come out. This is the voice of Monk Strap. Startled by the sound, Victoria spins to see. There it is again, this time spoken by Mr. Mistopheles. When said a final time, it has the gravelly voice of Macavity. She spins, pleading to be left alone. So that's
2: our opening. Uh and that is way more gut-wrenching <laughs> and really, really helps emphasize, like, the trauma that this yeah. cat's coming into this setting in.
3: Way yeah. darker than original cats,
1: for sure. <laughs> um, Well, that that was something that I thought was missing from the musical is the stakes. Like, there's mm-hmm. no – I'm not worried about any of these characters. Like, yes, McCavity is scary, but, like, oh, he's going to take you and put you on a boat? With Carl Pansram. Well, that would be scary.
2: <laughs> Being on a boat with Carl Pansram would be horrifying, um, yes. Okay, so this is like
1: running gag that four of us understand. Um, <laughs> Carl Pansram was a, I guess,
2: yeah, a serial I, killer? I, I, again, Yeah, that's fair to say. Again, if you didn't listen to episode one for some reason. <laughs>
1: Not that we explain it there either. Uh, but Carl, that's fair. Carl Pansram was a sometimes dock worker, sometimes boat dude. Um, very gruff... Uh,
2: a violent person. violent I human
1: being. I do, he is technically a serial killer in that he killed more than three people, but he didn't... It was more like he killed because of the life he was living rather than searching for people to kill. Yeah. Um,
2: Listen to the last podcast on the Left series about him. It's fascinating.
1: Um, and for whatever reason, I think it's hilarious to think of him as a cat <laughs> on a barge.
2: It's deeply hilarious to think, of, to think of him as a cat on a barge. <laughs> Just- Carl
3: Panzram the barge cat.
2: I want to watch that. Um, Oh, weird. That's actually... T.S. Eliot wrote that. Hold on. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Uh,
1: I shall continue. Um, We pull back, watching the cat as though stalking her from the rooftops. She is alone in the dark. Then as the overture trickles in, a warm light illuminates the street. Cutting to Victoria's eyes, we see the reflection of the Jellicle moon, crescent-shaped, reminiscent of the cat's logo. It takes her breath away. We cut just behind Victoria, rendered small below the massive yellow-orange moon in the sky, centered above a ma- an equally massive junk heap, the reflection of the moon catching on bits of metal. With a mixture of desperation and hope, Victoria says that she should be able to see her mama from atop this, uh, the heap. Victoria is passed by other cats, going in the same direction. The overture begins to swell as Victoria makes her way up the side of the garbage mound. Seeing an opening, she pokes her head through. The song gives way, beginning in earnest. The mound is shaped like an arena, empty at its center. Occupying the space is Strap. As he sings, he is joined by the cats of London, each cat of importance getting a slice of screen time. Rumpelteaser and Mungo Jerry push past uh, Mistopheles, who stumbles, dropping his hat. When he crouches to retrieve it, he sees Victoria entering the heap below. In another clip we see Grizabella making her way up to the highest peak of the mound where no one can see her. Her eyesight is poor. She feels around for a place to sit.
2: Hmm.
1: So in the stage show, Grizabella looks rough.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: In the movie,
2: meh, she looks fine.
4: Just snotty. Just, Just snotty. Snotty, snotty and sad.
1: She needs yeah. a tissue <laughs> and some therapy. Um, so
2: much therapy. Uh, it- uh, this is completely unrelated and not a useful observation in Great. any way, shape, or form. But for some reason, the phrase "jellical moon evokes the idea of just like a fruit gummy of a moon hanging uh, in the sky. It's delicious. It's Yeah. I don't know. Is it I'm, like a
1: gusher? Yeah, mm. actually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm like this. <laughs> I think we're all a little hungry. <laughs> uh,
4: for side reference, for the revival, most recent ones of Cats, is actually wearing a bit of a corset under the ratty coat oh. to hint at uh, what her backstory is. Okay. Uh, okay. So
1: she, she was a sex worker and that didn't go well.
4: Uh, she was Sateen from Moulin Rouge.
1: Well that means nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs>
4: she close to a sex worker. She she had a sugar uh, daddy, was a performer on the stage, maybe took some extra gentleman collars.
1: So you're telling me that my observation that cats is part of the Moulin Rouge cinematic universe is not incorrect. God not
4: horribly off now. Damn it. <laughs> Janet <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Thank you. <laughs> um But I wanted I wanted Grisabella to look like she was on her last leg. Mm-hmm. Literally. Literally. She has one leg. She's the one p- leg of cat. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> the at, saddest at, thing. At this point, my question is um, mm-hmm. Victoria uh she she hears Jellico Cats come out mm-hmm. on the wind. Is, has she has she noticed them or is that just sort of like a background thing um, or is she frightened of them? What is her reaction to this? Because it seems like she's way more concerned about the moon than she is like impending cats. I so mean, the, the moon's way a
2: gusher. F- I'd be concerned too. Fuck off, Joe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the way I imagine it being framed as far as it being shot is you, you ever see the cover of like Castlevania 4 where it's like Simon Belmont real tiny at the bottom and then there's like the gate and then there's a mountain leading up to the castle? Yeah. Well, Victoria is the, <laughs> the Simon.
3: Oh, so they're they are they're not, like, nearby moving toward... They're not, like, coming closer to her and she no, can't no. see them. She sees exactly where they are. Yeah.
1: Okay. That, so, like, that makes
3: so much more sense. Perfect.
1: The the moon is almost calling to them to mm-hmm. go to the arena underneath. And
3: so she's like, oh, if I go up there with them, maybe yeah. that'll give me yeah, an advantage.
2: Yeah. I'm genuinely impressed you've worked a Castlevania reference into this. <laughs> I'm so pleased with myself. I know you are. Uh. <laughs>
1: Um, but once, once she gets there and she sees, because she's, she's not been exposed to other cats. Um, she's been a house cat since she was a kitten. So this is all new and exciting. She's scared, but she's also like, what is this cool shit? Yeah. Andrew Um, Lloyd
3: Webber cats, deep lore.
1: Right. (laughs) Uh, with the key players assembled, we watched the song prologue Jellicle song for Jellicle cats. It is presented as it is in the film. Victoria makes her way to the arena floor where the action plays out. She's looking for her mother, yes, but she's also dumbstruck by the spectacle. When she finally finds herself standing beside, uh, before Mungustrap, the song ends. The clouder of cats suddenly aware of the intruder's presence. They scatter, disappearing into the many pockets and tunnels of the trash heap. Victoria gives chase, saying she's just looking for someone. Victoria makes her, her way through to the other side of the heap, only to discover she's entered her graveyard. Dark and empty, Victoria calls out for the Jellicles. A pair of glowing yellow eyes answers. Though unseen, this is Macavity. He toys with her, saying she's not a Jellicle, and therefore no one will notice if she goes missing. But he says she's lucky, as tonight he's in a hurry to go to the ball. So instead of her life, he'll only take her tail. We get a partial glimpse of Macavity's face. His ear tattered, his face marred from fights barely won. He raises a clawed mitt, Victoria screams. But before the paw falls, there is a poof and a spark. And from above, we hear Mistopheles graciously stumble to Victoria's aid. <laughs> this delays McCavity more than it stops him. But when he sees that he's surrounded by the rest of the Jellicles, uh, here to back Mistopheles, he slips back into the shadows. So in the film, we get a little bit of the cats feeling out who Victoria is. Um, it it doesn't quite land perfectly for me. Yeah, and also as as pointed out in our s- summary last episode, why the fuck does uh but B- B- McCavity care about Victoria? So I've, he's a bit more of a psycho in this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, psycho. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't. So like, I generally think it
3: also be, makes him actually menacing in a way yeah. that he's not in the movie adaptation. Right. Yeah. In the stage show, is he like? I know that there's not like any real plot for him to actually be the villain, but is he? He's the closest thing it has to a villain. But it, but is he like? Is he menacing? Does it land at all? Is there any menace to Macavity? Yes.
4: Oh, okay. Because there's. <laughs> but it's, it's all like music cues. Heated motif, like all those transitions we t- transitions we talked about them cutting. Yeah, a bunch of them are Macavity stuff. And but, it's always mm. like, they're constantly like, where's McCavity?" Like, they see him where he isn't. He mm. also doesn't look
1: stupid. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> he got big old hair.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
4: and then, like I said, he does actually take over for Old Dudamerani at one point. Mm. And then there's a big fight scene. Gotcha.
2: Something I forgot to t- touch on a little bit re- regarding T.S. Eliot uh, is... He was a massive uh, Sherlock Holmes fan, and oh, right. he was channeling. Uh, he's literally channeling Moriarty into McCavity. That the, like, the Napoleon of crime thing is directly ripped from. Uh...
1: Is um Moriarty described as the Napoleon of crime? In, I think at some point. Holmes? I've never read. But, <laughs> uh, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> so so
3: it's also in McCavity as Criminal Cat is in. The T.S. Eliot poems? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, the actual T.S. Eliot poem for him, like, talks about how, like, what a criminal mastermind he is and talks about him, like, toppling governments like, and <laughs> shit. to potentially like, It escalates <laughs> I mean, really hard. It's bonkers.
4: Well, and, and the stage show does the thing where you don't, you're over an hour into the show before you ever see him. But everybody's been taught. So you mm-hmm. do that anticipation, anticipation, you know, it's. Yeah. And yeah. you
3: made sure to make him invisible still at the beginning. Yeah. You're
2: only seeing his eyes and like, a paw. Yeah. Yeah cuz that's a lot like the repeating the repeating line throughout the 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 original poem mm. is but McCavity's not there.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
3: Yeah, that's way better.
1: Free of immediate danger, the Jellicles hesitantly approach Victoria, circling her, smelling her. Smooth rumple teaser removes Victoria's collar. She only realizes it's gone when Mungo Jerry starts a game of keep away. Victoria pleads for its return, the collar being her only connection to her previous life. Munga Strap plucks the collar from Mungo Jerry's paw in order to read the name stitched into it. This cues the naming of the cats. Mm. Recited by the Jellicles. Victoria is given her collar, which she immediately slips back on. This slides into the ballet number, "Invitation to the Jellicle ball. The subtext of which is that Munga Strap is feeling out whether she's safe to have along. Jealous, Mistoffelees interrupts, shooting a shot, and while Victoria is amused by the cat's antics, she doesn't have time to respond. The Jellicles are on their way to pick up for Jones, who's that, like, one asshole's never on time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the way, Monkastrap explains what they're doing and why. Uh, one will be picked by Old Deuteronomy and given a chance at a better life. for Jones's song, for Jones... Um, I originally had it written as it pretty much remains the same, but since we've recast it with um, Sir Patrick Patrick Stewart, Stewart. I don't know. I mean, it's it's still the same song. It's Mm -hmm. just not acted like a buffoon. Yes. Yes. Um,
4: You laugh at Bustopher because you like him, not because he's an
3: idiot. Gotcha. This actually gets to something that I've liked about the treatment so far, which is Mm -hmm. there is a why to the things that are happening. Yes. um, Including... Why we sing about the names, why we're explaining this shit to Victoria, who yeah. nobody knows from yeah. anything. So with Bustopher, my qu- my question is, speaking of the theme of rebirth, mm. in Bustopher's song, do we know why Bustopher wants to be reborn? Because so far, it seems like his life's fucking awesome.
1: I think it's Jenny Anydots who points out that he wants to be reborn specifically to become chunky again, right?
3: Oh, oh. So it's, I, I, I can see it then not even necessarily as like getting fat again, mm-hmm. so much as like, I had one good run. Let me go for two. I like that read. Wha- yeah. One more game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Like yeah Busford
4: doesn't feel like his life is sacked or anything. He just wants to do it. Redo it. He yeah. is a, like, uh, the, he's gluttonous in the,
3: like, not, not even just food sense, but in like, the full hedonism
4: yes <laughs> i dig
3: that
1: um he's a
4: cat with actual spats <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: let me know what we can change this to because this is written with um mm-hmm. nathan lane in mind uh so as his song is continuing he he exits his own damned song because uh, he's enticed by the smell of garbage sweet, sweet garbage down the alley um he's like hold on a minute uh and, like fucks off down an alley
4: Oh, the other cats
1: could totally be teasing
4: him with dishes of caviar and salmon and small things that okay. just distract him to pull him away because they think it's funny that anything upper class he'll chase uh-huh. after.
1: Oh, okay. there we go. So I like that. So we can still have this iteration of Buster for Jones head down the alleyway. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, is, it, is that some what, – what, what do rich people eat? I don't fucking know. Caviar. Cav- is that some Caviar. Uh, like McDonald's, real, but not the dollar <laughs> menu. <laughs> oh, it can uh, even be like, oh,
4: this is Beluga and not this kind of cat. Yeah. Right,
1: right, Hyper specific
4: right. is the way to go. <laughs> of it.
1: Beluga. Yeah. Um, and as as he's heading down the alley, and the rest of the cats are still in the middle of the song, and they're like, what the fuck did he go?" Uh, we see two yellow glowing eyes illuminate over his head, and then we cut.
2: Mm. Real quick, did mm. we skip Jenny any dots? She comes after. We, she comes after. I no, she was
1: in in the movie. She comes first. That's what I thought. And this, she's coming second. Okay, cool. Um, specifically because her song flows into Rum Tum Tugger's, which flows into Grisabella's.
2: Um Okay, so, we, so we've just identified another thing the film fucks up. <laughs> um, it's just choppier in the film. Uh,
1: so we do Jenny uh, song, song, um, The Old Gumby Cat. Um, it remains the same, but we do stop motion with the cockroaches and the mice. Uh, I want the kitchen to be a little grotier, um, and I want her acting to be less desperate.
4: So this is stop motion inside an anime.
1: Correct. Okay. Er, er, live action. Live action.
4: Stop motion inside
1: live action. Yeah. When I said anime, that was like for me personally.
4: Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Um, That's why no, I was
4: no. like, "We doing some Deathly Hallows stuff here?" What?
1: No, no, no. Uh, this this <laughs> adaptation is more like the producer came to us and they're like, "Help." As they um, should have. Rather than like what Jack was like, if I could do cats, I'd make an anime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what Carol is, Channing. You know again. Yeah. this show is missing?
2: <laughs> a bunch of Gundams. <laughs> <with him next. laughs> uh,
3: that's but what makes me. a Gundam cat. Oh, God. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh,
1: God. Uh, so more, more like Beetlejuice where okay. you have the mm-hmm. stop motion. Yeah. Um, so Rum Tum Tugger's scene um, also remains the same, but instead of him being startled off by Grisabella, um, like in the movie, it's weird. He he's doing his song and dance, and then he like jumps from the milk bar into the streets, sees her, and just fucks off. The... <laughs> like there's no reason. Uh,
3: this it's busted down old cat, <laughs> right?
1: Oh God. Uh so he stops he stops the song as he sneers smells nearby. Um like he's in the middle of doing his funk thing, stops, is like I smell that fucking Grizabella goes over there, confronts her. She does she sing there in the movie? I can't remember. A little bit. She has like a little bit of a song. Um, but this is cut off when Bum Ballerina scratches her across the face. Um Ooh. yeah. Uh, seeing the mistreatment of Grizabella, Victoria decides to follow after her, Grizabella, as she flees from her attackers attackers. Um, so Bus for Jones, old Gumby Cat, Rum Tom Tugger, I want these to be like over the top as smarmy as they are in the show. Um, because I want one, I want people to realize these are people that are basically auditioning, hmm. but you don't you like them, but you don't want them to be chosen. Um, whereas the way they're currently presented in in the movie is it's a dance number, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like mm-hmm. only through like you telling me, Rob, you telling me that like th- they're trying to be chosen. So I was I like, oh, okay. Well,
3: the so there's one other piece to this which is tough, and that is the person who's deciding this is old Deuteron, and not even here yet. Yeah. Not yeah. even here yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm not quite sure how to get around that.
1: You would probably need. I mean, you'd have to re, you'd have to introduce her earlier, um, or you could ham-fist something in where they're like, "Hey guys, this is what I'm going to do. What you think?"
3: I'm wondering if you could have her so like almost the opposite of McCavity, where uh she is seen mm-hmm. and like deference uh, is shown. You okay. understand that she's super fucking important, but her role is not explained yet.
1: Okay. Um. So because we know judy dench we know she's gonna be some important in some way
3: and even like the way that the other cats are around her or yeah. the way you set up shots i mean you can you can imply all of those things and then uh so she's seen you don't explain what she does and she doesn't talk yet mm-hmm. um but she is watching um she's not the focus of these scenes but right. like you see that she's there and you see her watching
1: um would that fuck up something later it would but i think i have a fix oh so there fix is a fix. Um, so the next thing that comes, well, I mean, right. what do you think of
4: that, Rob? You're making. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so Old Deuteronomy's entrance song is just st- really pretty music, mm-hmm. but nothing ties it where it is in the show. Mm-hmm. So you could easily stick the "Can it be really?" after the Jellico like naming the cats. You could do yeah. Deuteronomy's intro before you get to her. And musically, it makes zero change to the show other yeah. than moving a pretty song forward because it's completely different. It doesn't sound like anything else in the rest of the show. Yeah. Is it near an act break in the show? No. Oh, then yeah, you can move it where the
3: fuck ever.
1: Yeah. I was, I'd, I would like that more. What I was going to suggest is that it's more ceremonial. Like the mm. song is like ceremonial to the act of the Jellicle Ball mm. um, where they like put a robe on her or something like. A step forward, old Deuteronomy, but no, I like your idea better. And you like
4: could actually keep the whole Deuteronomy's acknowledging Victoria where it normally would occur because it just takes her that long or him, whatever, you know. Right. Deuteronomy takes multiple numbers to, oh, there's a new one here.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Mm. Um, it's it's now canon to the Drazel cut. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so Victoria's ran, ran after Grisabella. Victoria Not knowing the streets becomes lost. Sounds indicate that McCavity is nearby. We don't see his eyes. We just, we hear his. That motif. Yeah. Musical.
4: Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one.
1: Uh, She is saved, quote unquote, by Rumpelteaser and Mungo Jerry. She explains that she's lost and wants to go home. She describes her mama. The two say that they know exactly who that is they then proceed to break into a house of a wealthier family they give victoria a taste of what it's like to run with macavity rather than be chased by him rumple teaser and mungo jerry uh the this, or sorry the song mungo jerry and rumple teaser plays out with the same amount of threesome energy um do, do we have to yes
3: uh. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're I mean, villains. I know. I'm. I know. <laughs> no, I've. I've no. <laughs> been painted and painted myself as the the house pervert for
1: today, but someone had <laughs> I like three <laughs>
3: some incest cat porns. Just
4: where I draw the line, you know.
1: <laughs> um,
4: to be fair, they could be half siblings because cat litter can have multiple fathers. Why
3: does that help?
4: Wrong. <laughs> 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 First of all, pat on your viewing history. <laughs> and how close you are to West Virginia. <laughs> Ooh.
1: Just lost that entire fan base <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye one person Look I uh, you know what I take
3: back what I said Because just based on like what is Produced in terms of porn In general sibling shit's pretty hot Right now so yeah you can get away we're with just it We're just aiming for that market <laughs> Yeah there we go you nailed it oh, congratulations No,
1: no what, I, what I wanted to say was like I want Ugh. their uh, Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser Their sexual energy to be directed At Victoria Rather than Whoever's in the room,
4: <laughs> it's a competition as to who gets her. So yes. it's so they're,
2: Ooh, they're, okay. So they're, so they saw her sitting at the other end of the bar and really like her vibe. Yes. Okay.
3: Okay, I I can stomach that a bit better.
1: It's it's not like a weird creepy villain type pervy. Anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the song plays out at blah 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 blah. Um, they're looking about the house for her mom. Um, she seems to enjoy, <laughs> I have it, enjoy playing with the energy. Of these mischievous cats. Uh, The song having finished. Victoria hums the song to herself. Still exploring the house. For jewelry to swipe. Climbing onto a vanity to reach a jewelry box. Victoria discovers a family picture. Tucked into the mirror. She takes it. uh, She takes it. Seeing a smiling woman with two happy cats. Curled on her lap. It starts to set in that she never looked that happy. Not with her family. She starts to say so as she hears one of the siblings coming up behind her. However, when Victoria turns, she is startled to see Jenny Anydots, who looks awful. In shock, Jenny shows Victoria where her tail used to be. All that remains is a bloody stump. Before Victoria can run, the unconscious body of Bustopher Jones falls in her path. Perched above is McCavity, the aged brute revealed in full for the first time. Dressed to resemble kind of a Jack the Ripper, uh, McCavity opens his long, long coat, uh, adding Bustopher's tail to his collection of severed tails.
4: Jesus Christ!
2: <laughs> this got dark.
4: In the best of ways. This this
1: was the lighter version. Um, <laughs> there was way more killing than like my original. Anyway, uh, he tells her not to worry. He saved a spot for hers on the other side. Okay, so like maybe it's a little dark.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, but you're giving immediacy and a villain to a piece that needs the. the
1: yeah, hundred percent. Um, I originally wanted to have him toss the deceased body of Jenny dots into the street to stop.
2: <laughs> Good lord. Um, mm. I but I didn't. <laughs> okay, I applaud your restraint. <laughs>
1: Uh, she runs. Uh, McCavity gives chase, though we only see his presence through the glowing eyes and the glint of claws as he bounces from shadow to shadow. Uh, as he chases, he mocks Victoria and her desire to live among them, the people. Sure, they treat you like royalty until they don't. It's hard not to feel like McCavity is speaking from experience. Victoria dives out a window, and when McCavity jumps out. He is caught off guard by the explosion of confetti and horns, a trap of party favors set by Mistoffelees. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: that's that's great. <laughs>
1: we cut to Mistoffelees and Victoria running around a street corner, the sounds of a furious macavity not far behind. Mistoffelees tells Victoria that he went looking for her, not wanting her to miss Deuteronomy's arrival, which we'll have to fix in a second. Uh, initially hesitant, given how she's seen the Jellicles act, she follows when Mistoffelees says Deuteronomy may know how to find her mom. Kind of a great Wizard of Oz type character like Deuteronomy knows all so Cat
4: Dumbledore
3: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> instead of uh, um,
3: uh, Deuteronomy's arrival it could be uh, just the ball um,
1: yeah it would extend the dialogue into I came because we're almost at the ball and then she's like no 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 no, you guys are assholes I saw the way you treated Grizabella and she's like all I want to do is go home to mom and then he's like we can help you do like, Deuteronomy, do that. Um,
3: uh, and mom is literally her mother cat.
2: No, no, her, her owner, the owner that chucked the her, cruel out the developer threw her out of the car. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha.
1: okay. Um, d- definitely a, th- a theme of like adopted family running through this. So, uh, Deuteronomy's arrival, subsequent blah, blah 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 blah. We're not doing that anymore. Um, so they go into the theater. And the action stops as they wait for the jellical moon to move to the center of the circular window above, um, which is kind of a cool shot in the film. Um, the biggest difference is that the big number, the jellical ball, is meant to mark the start of the jellical celebration. I want this to be a ceremony. Um, like, and I guess it kind of is presented that way in the film, but I want it to be like, very clear. like, This is the opening song that always gets sang or danced or mm-hmm. whatever at the beginning of the jellico gel- Celebration. Uh, and the celebration doesn't stop, right? Like, the number keeps going into, like, other shit, but Victoria steps outside to catch her breath. She stops, Grisabella... Uh, oh, sorry, she, she spots Grisabella down the road, noting that she is also missing her tail. Um, this is an old moon, not, like, a fresh thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she approaches Grisabella. Grisabella um, sings her song just as she, she did. This is kind of where, like, my story kind of gets a little rocky. Like I, and even in the movie, I kind of feel like up until the point where the Jellicle ball starts, the plot can be kind of read linearly. It's after this point that it's like just a bunch of shit till the end. Um, so Grizabella sings about memories, a good life. She once had Victoria responds again, it's the way she did in the film um, that she doesn't even have that. Um, this is her first, but in addition to her connecting with Grisabella, this is also her first step of admitting that perhaps her old life wasn't good that her old family her old life maybe wasn't how she remembered it and isn't worth searching for uh deuteronomy watches both of these from afar and i want to have a new song here one that details her many fabulous lives the subtext of which being that no matter how difficult the life of a cat they always have another and another chance uh a chance of possibility to have a happier one so kind of the rebirth Mm -hmm. thing that you and i were talking about earlier um. here's where I do skimbleshanks dirty uh, <laughs> I mean just
4: saying the name sounds dirty it, it does sound like
1: something I'm like you didn't want to do that in the public bathroom but you did yeah um, uh, inside the theater we see skimbleshanks waiting in the wings anxious to go on he mouths the word to a song quietly tap dancing suddenly from f- deep within the theater he hears the sound of a train horn you know, It was like wooden clunky things Um. What's all that now? He tap dances his way down the hall, (laughs) following the sound of the horn. Finally he arrives to the room where the the sound is originating. He throws the door open only to see Rumpelteaser Mungo Jerry tooting wooden horns. Behind him we see McCavity, his eyes appearing in the dark.
3: Fuck you. (laughs) You couldn't even give him like a
1: little bit of his song. He did, he sang he like mumbled it to himself.
2: You fuck. <laughs> did a little warm up tap, yeah, and then got, and then it gets tail eviscerated.
1: <laughs> Rob, you 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 can attest to this. The number of like musical theater people I know who will just like tap, just tap, just
4: like oh go, yeah, they going into tap. It's ridiculous. It's a it's a disease. I'm like you're just <laughs> sta-
1: like you're just standing there. We're waiting yeah. for something, and you just start tapping.
4: It, it's as rampant as Kardashian. It- yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> this is. Uh... S- skimble shrinks. Sh- I know. I know. Inks, I know.
4: Quite a I many a tap inks. dancer who does exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> I may or may not have done it in a couple of classes
1: <laughs> myself. <laughs> um, it's contagious. Uh, Mistopheles looks into Gus's room, letting him know that no one could find uh, Skimble shakes so he's up next. Uh, we get the Gus number as is, um, and when Gus steps backstage because his, his number's over, we hear uh, McCavity mocking him using his asparagus name mm-hmm. um, gus is terrified and as he s- tries to scream for help it is drowned out by bum ballerina's song which has started up uh. um, outside deuteronomy extends a hand to the sulking Valor- uh victoria asking if she'd like to see her pick the jellicle choice excited to be noticed by mother i mean the leader cat <laughs> uh victoria happily follows they enter a room full of properly fucked Jellicles. Because um, <laughs> we still we still get the like Taylor Swift like fucking the cats up song. Yeah, um, it's not fixed. Like sh- she's an awkward uh, actor to have do that thing um, again. Time anyway. Uh, gobsmacked, she scolds them, saying that it's time to to make the Jellicle choice and demands that all contestants go to the stage. The only cat to appear is McCavity. He opens his coat, displaying the tails of all the contestants. He informs Deuteronomy that they won't be competing, uh, meaning he is the only choice. She refuses. Furious, McCavity says that no one will be chosen ever again. He lunges at Deuteronomy, the two disappearing into the shadows.
3: That's closer to the original.
1: Yeah. This sticks pretty close to the movie, not because I want to, but because I couldn't think of anything better. But we'll keep going. Um, If you do have something better, let me know. Panicked, Victoria runs to Mistopheles, shaking him from his nip-induced daze. He tells she tells him to magic Deuteronomy back. He tells her that like what he does is all sleight of hand; like none of it's real. Um, however, with some coaxing, he tries anyhow. Um, however, with each buildup of energy and each wave of his wand, he he does materialize a cat, but one of the other kidnapped cats. Hmm. So he brings. Danny Annot's back, he brings Gus back, he brings uh, Buster Jones back. Um, and then he's he's spent. Uh then we hear the voice, a voice behind him, like we did in the film. It's Deuteronomy being led to the stage by an uncomfortably buff skimble shanks. Cause um my <laughs> cat was
3: ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen pictures of the uh like dancer actor? actor? No. Uh Incredible looking man. I'll have to oh, really, sometime. yeah, okay, yeah, uh, like, um, uh, decent cat, great man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, f- yeah, fucking ripped,
1: okay, yeah, uh, so yeah, he, so you're saying he could carry Dame Judy Dench, yes, great. <laughs> While everyone celebrates, Victoria spots Grisabella watching through the window, she begs her to join, but Grisabella is afraid. However, when Victoria takes Grizabella's hand and puts it to her face, Grizabella melts. Now, having the confidence to go in with another person, um, she does. Similar to the film, she sings until she collapses. Victoria spawns with a, a touch of her own song. And the Jellicles come together to hold Grisabella as though that they, they have already chosen her before Deuteronomy even has to say so. Ooh. Um, and then here mm. I have McCavity scene. In my normal way of things, I would have him again try to. Uh, Ride the air balloon up with Grisabella, mm-hmm. slip and
2: fall on a Napoleon statue,
1: b- break his back on Napoleon statue. But that does I don't want to do that because that's not um, kid friendly. So what do we want to do? Uh, In, I mean, neither is severed fucking tails. But sure, <laughs> uh, uh,
2: he falls on the statue, but he but he uh, he slips off of the head, and on the way down. The uh, his tail is cut off by Napoleon's sword.
1: <laughs> I I had also considered that actually he <laughs> well, still um,
2: lands and he's fine because cat right well, he's has, just has he his tail lands cut on his off.
1: feet just without a tail yeah um
4: or less comedic since the cats have always been afraid of him mm-hmm. once Grisabella is selected if he goes to like push her out of the way and mm-hmm. they all stand up in the way that would be good if I, you know and they all off suddenly... his tail well no but. <laughs> They like as a group, the colony banishes him because they will now all yeah. stand up for Grisabella as one of their own. That
1: that's the best option. And I think the one who has to be like fuck right off you has to be um Victoria. Because mm-hmm. she's been tormented, the most visually tormented by him. Mm-hmm. Um I also thought about having him have a happy ending where
2: Like he the, sees the error of his ways. Nah, and... nah
1: He's still an asshole. Uh Grisabella <laughs> is floating off, we see her in the background in like a dejected um, he McCavity like go returns home, but like Mungo Jerry and teaser are there. They're like, it's all right, buddy, and like Grandpa Rough Face p- pans Ram, What the fuck is this cast Gra- name? Growl Tiger. Yeah, that's think. what I said. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
1: I'm like it's all right, buddy. Um, I hate that one. Actually, great. Yeah. Uh, and then the the other one <laughs> was him like scrounging around for food and having somebody like, hey it a little kitty? Like throwing a fish. But that I don't really want to show people. But like showing that, like, he can maybe rethink his his way of feeling towards
4: people. So you turn him into Grisabella.
2: Mm. He becomes the new Grisabella,
4: so you know there's a possible path to redemption, but you don't have to show it.
2: Yeah. I like that. Maybe even
4: with a mark across his face that matches what Grisabella had.
1: That would be a good idea. Yeah.
4: I
3: I think some form of circularity would feel best. So Mm. either. He becomes the new Grisabella, or he loses his tail. Those are the two <laughs> that I think. What
1: <laughs> if we. So Judy Dench returns with Skimble Shanks, and um, we, we then have the scene where McCavity comes in and is confronted by the group, or we. It's 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 just a matter of like switch, switchy swappy scenes, right? So like, mm-hmm. or or he could do that when like Grisabella is about to launch.
4: I think that's your better option. Yeah, because then you should not only do you show them because if it's if that confrontation happens when Deuteronomy comes back, then mm-hmm. they're doing it just for Deuteronomy.
1: Right, right, right. But I also do like the thought of having the the circular like he is now rejected, mm-hmm. um, so that he's sent out.
3: I think that could I think that could still work with the timing that you're talking about, Rob, Like right before um, Grizabella is about to launch.
1: And then when we when we see him being like, well, like interacting with a person,
3: it might have to just it might just have to be implied
4: by like the facial mark that you were talking about. Or it could also be a shot of as we see Grizabella lifting off. We yeah. see him underneath
1: that might Yeah, that mm. work. Yeah, let's do that. Um, and
4: you could do you can even I don't know this may be taking us up too far um, what you could do is if he comes back and his coat is destroyed because uh-huh. Mistoffelee's magic was like right, carving right. it off yeah, yeah. Grizabella hands him her coat maybe Ooh. he
1: can pick up her coat or
4: pick up yeah something yeah yeah. to help you it might be too much but. Um, oh, I, like I don't that. think
1: this this movie's gotta worry about subtlety so, <laughs> uh. as
4: long as there's no tailography <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, okay Macavity's banished uh, Isabella's is sent up We get a shot I kind of want to do a shot of like all the main cats anyways Because a lot of the cats kind of get shafts at the end of the movie mm-hmm. Where it's like we've only focused in on these last couple cats um, And then we'll, we'll also get a clip of him picking up her coat And like fucking off So as it's, as it's happening They're all watching the balloon drift away The sun's rising Hesitantly Mistopheles asks if Deuteronomy Could help Victoria find her way home Deuteronomy says that she can, but knowingly looks at Victoria. Victoria removes her collar, tossing it aside. Misophily nuzzles the spot it occupied. Uh, Deuteronomy asks her what her name is, clarifying her jellical name, um, which she says is Bellafastus, Bella Bella Faustus. Uh, and then the movie ends because there, there, there's like no good way to end this. <laughs> Just maybe like a shot of the balloon going off in the sunset.
2: But but a, ca- a cat is not a dog.
1: <laughs> no, I, but you could, cut it. <laughs> you could. <laughs> I cut. I cut that.
4: You could do a lyric rewrite of the opening jellical ball number. Ooh. Mm-hmm. As a choral, just a short finale, something about, or, no, of the naming of cats that c- includes a lyric that ends, in, and that is how you found your name.
1: Okay. Yeah. I like that. Mm. So like a little little kind of ceremony for her. Yes.
4: And then we get a nice choral thing to end.
1: Yeah. For musical stuffs, yes, it kind of felt weird to not have that at the end of the movie. Yes,
4: there are very, very few that don't end that way. Hmm.
1: Okay, we, f- we fucking we fucking cats. We
2: did <laughs> cats all over the place. We we did. We mm. hey, you got through that entire one without shooting a card load all over the place.
4: Too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I do have a suggestion Please. to add to your issue with how it feels like the second act rambles. Yeah if there were a set time by which the Jellicle choice must be made.
1: Oh, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. That mm. gives
4: them a reason to Oh my god, we have to get these cats back to get this decision to yeah. be made or no one can make it.
3: That uh, that yep. also that solves mm-hmm. a or addresses a, um, an issue I was having which is why if we start the if we start the Jellicle ball ceremonially after some of the cats mm-hmm. have already started. I mean, we talked about mm-hmm. like whether deuteronomy is there or not. I still yeah. feel like deuteronomy needs to see yeah, these things. But um if if there's a time limit, then it makes sense like okay, the Jellico ball starts when the moon is up top. Yeah. But we need to get shit going ahead of time because otherwise we'll run out.
1: Right. Like once because we have that visual indicator when the moon matches up with the center of the class, mm-hmm. the the window up top but yeah.
4: there could always be if it's rotunda when it reaches a certain other point on the other side of it yeah is when okay. the angelical choice has to be made
1: yeah uh
3: it, it could also be that um the ball is longer than that ceremony but that ceremony is just a really focal point yeah. within it mm-hmm.
2: it makes me think about that episode of the simpsons where they're waiting for the light to hit the line so it's beer time again and that's <laughs> what makes me happy yeah
4: <laughs> and um, and in defense of Skimble Shanks as much as you hate the railway cat <laughs> uh, yes. it, it can be a trimmed down version but uh-huh. here's why it's important to keep it because with the new song you've added you've now got three ballads in a row
2: that's a good point oh jack you dude. fucking idiot you got you got a... you got to put a bop in there to balance it
4: but it's just a stupid bop you you have it is a stupid bop you have to play with your audience's emotions so they don't uh. feel them
1: mm? people
4: can... tune out after two, more than one ballad in a row I mean, they do get kind of boring.
1: Who can yeah. we put in to be Skimbleshanked so we can keep shanked.
3: <laughs> what?
1: So I still want someone to be kidnapped by Teaser and Mungo Jerry. Mm-hmm. Is there a side cat somewhere we can stick I feel just, like, like it could in? still
4: be Skimbleshanked. We it's can just... stick the Rumpus cat back in.
1: So do you think maybe do... <gasps> Ooh! No, no, just don't look so happy about this. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so upset. This he's got laser glasses. Yeah. So how would we? How would we still have Rumpel Shankskins be kidnapped? <laughs> because nap. when he
4: hears the real whistle offstage, it pulls him out of his own number. Same thing as Busterfer with the food. Okay, so
1: instead of having him like fuck around in the wings, he's doing his number. And then here's the real he train. Her... It's like,
4: I'm off to work, mate. <laughs> I
1: love it. I love it. I kind of feel like we actually did fix this. I'm not. I didn't.
2: Okay.
3: So if there you... there feels like a reason why we are moving from cat to cat in a way that did not sit in the movie. In the movie. Yeah. So... No,
2: th- this actually feels like it has a flow as opposed to it being just a bunch of disjointed numbers kind of and happening to us. there's some stakes. Us. How, and there's
1: there's some stakes. I, I didn't get to ask the question. Oh, Let me ask the question. Ask the question. Because you're already answering it. Um, so what do you think about our Drazled film, our derazzled version of Cats? I
2: like it. <laughs> I think I I, no, I think I think it's a genuinely an improvement here. I think the narratively it actually feels like a fucking narrative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: it's too good to go to Razzview, but it may get a Golden Globe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I. <laughs>
1: I don't think it's a movie I would enjoy. Oh, you certainly not. No. Me me myself. But if like I was a kid and my cousin had it on, I wouldn't like protest and say we should put on Ghostbusters.
2: No, I, I think that this would function much better as a as a movie musical. I think that this this would this would have enough enough meat to it to like be able to enjoy watching, mm-hmm. even though it is still going to be. Kind of a fever dream, yeah. And
3: well, so that's the like the main problem that I had with the movie was there was the, the fever Dureza dream version. No, no, mm. the original. The main mm. problem I had with the original wasn't wasn't just the like horror show, like Uncanny Valley fever dream part, mm-hmm. but it was the fact that it was also boring.
2: While that yes, was happening. yes, this this I feel like the 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 introduction of stakes, the introduction of time limits the uh, the, yeah, more, really like that the the more tangible fear of deuter- uh, or of um macavity. of macavity i think that all i think lends to a much more compelling experience
4: well and you've done what the screenwriter tried to do and fail he expanded victoria to make it the audience's stand in and then yeah. didn't do anything to make right. that happen you've now given the audience multiple points of reference to put themselves mm-hmm. in victoria's place
1: one of the thing, one of the, two of the movies I forgot the reference um, that inspired this kind of take was *Labyrinth* and *The Neverending Story*. Yeah, hmm. um, which are both kind of fever dreams, but
2: <laughs> have a world you can step into. Yeah, that's I think that's one of the biggest failings of the of the of Tom Hooper's yeah uh, film is that, that like, the, like there's no world building, there's no yeah. like, it, you're you're thrown into a CGI hellscape and not given any kind of real grounding you're not given any kind of if for for how much he claims that he was going for this sense of grounded realism it is i don't think he knows what those words mean
4: (laughs) (laughs) well even like he couldn't have been because he was going for grounded realism in and he made them all sing on fucking set and then yeah did isn't on this no this was pure lip syncing
1: so what what would you say the new rotten tomato score is for this version Ignoring the audience. Okay, yeah, (laughs) uh, which is bonkers. I think what it had like, I think twenty was the general.
2: You said said twenty was the general Mm. audience was a fifty-three. Yeah, I think you're right. That's nuts. Um, I think the audience would go up to a sixty.
1: I think the audience would go up to like a seventy-five because they're (laughs)
2: less critical, more forgiving, (laughs) more forgiving. Uh, critic score, the general score, Mm -hmm. um. I think there's still going to be plenty of critics who, just by yeah. nature of their feelings of cats on the, on its whole, would still pan it. Yeah, I agree. I and think it goes up to like a 34, though, for me. 34? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So. Okay. Because
1: um, the, get, the, the general score is not just critical, I don't think. I think it's a mixture. I think
2: I could see it going up at least 15%. So I w- mm-hmm. I'm going to say 35 at minimum.
1: Okay.
3: I think there's there's another thing that happens with Rotten Tomato scores, and it's if you can make it enough of a movie about movies, um, yeah, immediate bump. Yeah, that's so, I mean that's very. True. I don't know if that translates into movies about theater,
2: um, it because does a this will
3: bit, yeah. this will have that quality mm-hmm. as long as like you don't fuck it up, um, right? Because
2: like Chicago did extraordinarily yeah. well.
4: Who directed Chicago? Rob Marshall. From Pittsburgh.
3: Do I know him hey. from
2: Oh. Um, I didn't know Memoirs from of a Geisha. Mm.
4: Okay. He's doing the current live action Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. Oh wow. Um he and his sister Kathleen Marshall went to CMU. No oh, shit. Bonkers.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think Alan Parker will will with this script have no problem.
4: And I think that's why you're underdoing your scores a little bit. Alan Parker's name alone is gonna put some it's critics true. in a good mm-hmm. mind and you're Devaluing the aspect of you've improved upon the stage show from which it sprung,
1: mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. and many times you'll see that where oh the movie's better than the show.
1: So what would you put the Rotten Tomato score at?
4: I'm thinking you're in the 50s to 60s. Oh.
2: Oh okay. Okay. You're still going
4: to get people oh it's a musical and you're still right. going to get people saying oh there's a lot of cliche in
1: this story. You have seen
2: we've changed but you've changed that tomato from a green splat to a red tomato. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's really what we're going for. Um what do you think about IMDb which is currently 2.7 out of 10?
2: Double it at least. Yeah, I think it break it breaks 5 easy. I think it breaks I don't think it it's 6 say or six. 7.
1: Yeah.
3: You think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I, I think that when movies are fine
2: they mm-hmm. tend to sit at about a. Six. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. buy. I'd buy a six. High high yeah.
1: five, low six. Yeah. Um, f- fantastic! Wow. Um, thank you, Vince Rob, for su- suffering through this. Um, <laughs> having some great
2: research. Yeah. On absolutely. I, theater aspects. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed aspects. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed both your pre- both of your uh of your your presentations there. That was really good. Oh, um, uh, great. The All suggestions different. for the story. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I I really liked that, uh, like your inputs for this fix as well. Like that was, like that was. This is easily the most collaborative fix mm-hmm. I think that we've that we've put it together cool. so like far. It. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. I thank you. Yeah, um, thank you
1: for having us.
2: Mm-hmm. Hell yeah,
1: Vince. Would you like to plug anything?
3: Uh, no, I'd like to my name to stay off my stuff.
1: Sure. Uh, was there anything you just like like and want people to experience?
3: Uh. I mean, I'm having M watch the anime Cowboy Bebop uh, because she's never Mm -hmm. seen it before. So, yeah, if you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, go watch the original because it's fucking great. If you
1: haven't watched 1997's (laughs) Cowboy Bebop, uh, it is fantastic. Yeah,
3: Yeah, it's real good. Might Uh, be one of my favorite genre mashup thingies.
1: It might be one of my favorite pieces of entertainment
2: (laughs) ever. That's fair.
1: Uh,
2: Rob?
4: I guess I will plug the Pirates of Penzance in Carnegie, end yeah. of March, first two weekends of April of 2022.
2: Keep an eye yes. out for that. Hell yeah. Joe. Uh as always, you can follow me at JM Nealis at uh on Instagram, or I'll occasionally post some art stuff here and there. Uh and then in terms of us as a as a podcast, you can follow us on uh, on Facebook or Instagram at de- at a uh, drazzled. Podcast and on Twitter at derazzledpod. Please like and subscribe please and comment. And like, subscribe, comment on any any and all platforms. Use your chaos
1: magic, propel it into the fifth dimension. <laughs> I'm so tired. Would you uh, would
2: please. you say
3: that you would like people to smash that like button? Uh, uh, is, I mean, gently
2: well, we, well, press it. To be fair, we do have a YouTube presence, but so you yeah. could smash that like button if you, that's up to you. I'm not going to make you do that, uh, but. Please, please write reviews, uh, rate, give us, fi- uh, we would love some more five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, on Podchaser, on Good Pods, wherever you can do that. Please help us, uh, help us get more recognition and uh, r- higher rankings in those search results on those platforms. And uh, please tell your friends, just share it around. Like, we, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing this and we're, for the feedback we've been getting from people has been really kind and really, and really great. So. We seem
1: to have really tapped into a kind of stupid people connect with. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'm and I'm grateful for that because I've never wanted anything more in my life.
1: Vince, take it away. What are, what do we promise to do? We promise to
2: razzle dazzle you. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. yeah, we do. Good night, sure everybody. <laughs>